It's Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Talk Radio 77 WABC. So it's uh, up 5.30 a.m. I arrived to work on time this morning, day one of cleaning the trains, and to the credit of the city, and I guess Governor Cuomo, who I hate giving credit to because I can't stand him, my 5.10 a.m. train was clean and on time. So day one of the subway shutdown, not a disaster. Off. Everybody wants to rule the world, but certainly Governor Cuomo and Bill de Blasio do. That was a live video, folks. I actually did two sets of videos, which you can view on my Instagram story, at Sid Rosenberg, my Facebook story, at Sid Rosenberg. That was on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. That one had already arrived in Madison Square Garden at 5.30, but you can see the initial videos, which I took at 5.03 a.m. from the 103rd Street Station on the Upper West Side, en route to Madison Square Garden, and I say that it's, uh, the, the subway uh, station is open, and my 510 train is on time, seven minutes away, and in fact, my 510 train was right on time, wow. seven minutes away. How about the crowd? Much nicer. Didn't see one homeless people. Actually went to two different cars this morning. Didn't see one homeless person. The, uh, the train was much cleaner. It was noticeable. And when I arrived at Penn Station this morning, there was guys cleaning downstairs, upstairs, and I only saw about two homeless people in Penn Station. Now listen, this is a very big concerted effort. If you read the New York Post this morning, right there on the cover of the paper, they talk about 1,000 cops between the MTA and the NYPD. 1,000 cops flooded the subways last night at 1 o'clock in the morning. This morning, I should say. Kicked the homeless off the subways. Kicked them off so they can be cleaned and get back at 5 a.m. on time. So again, as you heard me say in all three of those videos, it's only day one. It's not crowded yet. 92% of these subways are not, uh, not you know, 92% of people are not using the subways. So it's very quiet right now. We'll see what happens when things start to get back to normal. But at least for day one, city did a good job. Did a very good job, apparently. And, and, and I said it for days, and it's the truth. This was just a, a thinly veiled attempt to clean the subways of the homeless. They could disinfect. They could do that stuff uh, routinely without stopping the service. They could, but they couldn't without making a spectacle right. of going down and dragging the homeless off. They couldn't do it that way. This was a way to do it that was palatable to everybody. To say, oh, it's to, to uh, disinfect it from coronavirus. No, this was an attempt to get the vagrants uh, the, the filthy vagrants and the bums and stuff off the subways. And it worked. Well, listen, we often talk about style, style points with Donald Trump. Doesn't always say the right thing. But in the end, we don't care. We care about action. I, I, think, I think you're right. I, I, I think they're, they're, they're full of it. But selfishly for me, as a guy that's still taking it, the subway every morning, my train was cleaner. There were no homeless. It worked. Uh, and yeah. it, was, it worked. So I got, uh, we spend every day destroying Cuomo and de Blasio. And by the way, they're going to get it again today. Because there's more seniors dying in nursing homes because of Cuomo. So they're not off the hook this morning. They, don't tell, it it again. Like, they don't tell it like it is. Right. We do. Right. But that's what, that's what was happening. But they don't tell it like it is. They did get it done in this case. Yes. Uh, my question to you is, uh, I, I know you said there were less homeless, but were there more commuters? Because you would think that at that time, as the, the commuters that normally take it at 3, 4, 
They all have to wait now till 5, so you'll have a more crowded train. Excellent question. But if you're taking the train at 3.34 o'clock in the morning, you're not waiting until the 5.10 arrives at 1.03. So you've made provisions, whether it's your company sending you a car or reimbursing you for a cab. If you've got to be on a 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. train, you can't wait till 5.10. Well, maybe. I mean, in some cases, you'll say, look, I'm going to have to wait till the 5.10. Maybe, but, but I, I would but imagine that, So it wasn't, the, it wasn't the case. It wasn't. It, it was about the same amount of, of people I see on a regular regular morning, sans homeless, look cleaner. Even the station at 103 look cleaner. And what's funny, All right. I actually saw a guy in the station on both sides going, you know, north and south, uptown and downtown, cleaning. Now, when I got to Penn Station, guys were cleaning. This is even after 5 a.m. in the morning. You know, we talk about this all the time, the, the unintended consequences of this virus, which have, for the most part, been a complete disaster. We've lost thousands and thousands of lives. The, the, uh, the, the, the cities are basically shut down. So let's not confuse the issue. This has been a complete disaster for this country and the world. But there are some things that will change because of this virus. And if cleaning the subways becomes a regular thing, and if keeping the homeless off the subways becomes a regular thing, when in fact we get back to a sense of normalcy, this is one of the things, along with washing more, cleaning more, that could actually be good. As America moves well, forward. That's true, except they do have to reopen because you're going to have a lot of uh, late-night uh, bartenders, restaurant workers, and uh, all kinds of other workers who are going to depend on that ser- service. They're not, gonna, they're not depending on buses. No. And no. you're going to need it to, to encourage the reopening of uh, all kinds of businesses. I will say this. It was a godsend for me. I came in here at 1.30, and it really is hairy. It's very hairy. It's usually about 20 to 25 vagrants and thugs. At the top of Penn Station, the entrance, 7th Avenue and 32nd Street. And I have to walk, sort of walk through that. They're spread out. And instead of seeing that this morning, I saw a phalanx of uh, police officers. They yeah. had it blocked off. Yeah, they had closed. lights flashing. Closed. And I was like, yeah! I saw it driving in my car. Yeah. So when I was uh, walking in from the parking lot... Yes, I felt very, very good. Well, they actually closed that entrance to Penn Station, which you're talking about, which you walk past and come up the stairs, as I do every morning, up the escalator where there's like 20 or 30 of these vagrants, you know, getting together. Yeah, having a block party. They closed that yesterday. So when I left yesterday morning to go home at 10.30 a.m., you could not enter and or exit. It was closed. They started cleaning it yesterday morning. So I had to walk down to the end of the block. Literally uh-huh. on 31st and 7th, and enter in that entrance. Good. So uh, this is, that's closed anyway, uh, look, as so of yesterday. They're taking care of business. Yes. I mean, finally. I mean, we've been screaming about it. It's, it's been hazardous for us. You might be, you know, you're, you're out in your house in uh, Westchester or Nassau County, New Jersey. And you're like, I don't want to hear about it. It affects us. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it's, it's, it's like you, you don't understand. It's, it, it, this place is the land of the living dead. It's yes. dangerous. Yes. Thugs and uh, bums. It's terrible. It's eerie. It's not, listen, if you say, listen, I really don't care about Bernie and Sid. They're doing a radio show. They're getting paid a lot of money. Uh, I would advise you folks, I had a ton of folks that work at Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, that work at Maimonides Hospital in Brooklyn, that work at assorted hospitals here in New York City. They're also on the train. That's so, right. so forget about Bernie and Sid for a second. If you're, like Bernie said, in New Jersey, in Long Island, in Westchester, and don't care about us, there's a lot of really important folks that are on those subways with me all hours of the night. And you are a suburb of New York City. If, Sid, if New York City goes the way of Detroit, uh-huh. your suburban life isn't going to be what it was. 
No. It's, it's, go, it's going to go down the tubes as well. Including uh, your, the value of your house. Especially, especially <laughs> that. Uh, no, we you want, gotta worry we, about, we want New York to come back to the way, the way it was because uh, it, it's essential to everything, and, and it has to happen soon. They can't keep slow rolling it, but this is a good start. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're safe. Yeah, and, it was a little hairy. I mean, even my wife got up at like 4.30 a.m. with me, and she was waiting by the phone just in case these trains never arrived. She was ready to run outside the apartment and drive me to work at some point before 6 a.m. As she should. Right. So when I texted her at 5.03 <laughs> and said, hey, Dan, the train is seven minutes away, she's like, oh, God, love you going back to bed. Yeah, yeah she didn't want to do it. She no, probably wouldn't not. even have showed up anyway. <laughs> She would have been like, take a cab. She would have been like, like, take a bus. Well, she would have said, tell those mother effers who you've been showing up every single day for months, for months on that train, tell those guys to pay for it. That's what she would have said. And I would have said, okay, (laughs) here's John's number. Here's Chad's number. (laughs) You tell them. (laughs) But it worked out great. And uh, the trains were on time. Oh, that's right. Now, we can't guarantee that's going to be the case tomorrow. No, we can't. Or Friday. But we got one day in the books, and it's, it's all good. And we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, they're going to try to uh, reinfest the subways. As they open up, they're going to go downstairs. They're going to jump the turnstiles. They're going to go in the subways. We'll see what happens uh, during the day. If they, if they maintain this, uh, you know, the, the place is forbidden. You're not allowed on. It's, you just can't go onto the subway and, and, and take a nap on a seat. Let's see if they enforce it all day long. I hope they do. Me too. Folks, uh, big uh, show today. We do have, uh, we love this guy. He is the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. Uh, did I say that right? It's Benevolent. That's right. Uh, Ed Mullins, he's going to stop by again. He was here about a month ago. And uh, he told Bernie and I that 99% of the police officers in this city listen to us and love us. He said 99%. Now, on the flip side, those same 99% despise Bill de Blasio. Yeah, well, we're all on the same page. They love us, we love them, and we all hate de Blasio. That's right. So uh, he'll stop by. Maybe Michael Goodwin. He's got a very good column today calling out Governor Andrew Cuomo on all the seniors that continue to die. Another brutal day yesterday. The the, the blood is on his hands, essentially, is what uh, Michael Goodwin is saying. And he lays it out in stark detail. You know, uh, the timeline, uh, Cuomo, uh, the, the orders, and the... He actually alludes to Sergeant Schultz. Uh, you know, they asked Cuomo a question on nursing homes, and he's like, I, do, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, and then he turns to an aide. Uh, can you talk about You weren't aware of that? Right, right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I know nothing! Please, that's our boy, by the and, way. And, and, then he tu- and then he changes from the I know nothing to he does know something. He starts to, to, to wax, uh, you know, intelligent on the topic. He does know a lot about it, but he's, he's caught. He's busted. He's stone cold busted. And he still talks about how... We can't reopen because life is so precious. Oh, God. Yeah, well, if it was so precious, you wouldn't have mandated. And by the way, that mandate that they take the uh, uh, COVID uh, patients back into the nursing homes, it's still on the books. Oh, they, yeah. they still have to do it. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. And, 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 and yet they allowed the ships to go back and they allowed the, the hospitals to close up. Makes no sense. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Certainly a plethora of topics you guys can speak about today and wondering if, in fact, like me, you did take the subway this morning. You take it every day. If, if you enjoyed the same success I did, which once again had my number one, the downtown number one train down to Madison Square Garden, the 510 a.m. number one train arrive and get me here on time. Well, lately when I look into your eyes, I'm, I'm going, going down, down, down. down.
think this was the um this is uh the, the ringtone on Linda Lovelace's phone? I was gonna I was gonna go with the Monica Lewinsky show. <laughs> Even better. Uh, yeah, that's a good song. I like that one. <laughs> Slick Willie. Uh Bernie and Sid back. Uh, well, heard everywhere, by the way, on the 77 WABC app. You can take that I'm going down to I'm going downtown, which I did from 103 to 34th Street this morning on a train that was clean and on time. I'm going down. You could do town. that. You, you could do, do that. that. See, it's got a bunch of Come good on, meanings. Bruce. <laughs> Let's uh, cut a new uh, version. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so there's a bunch of stuff out there today. Of course, uh, Cuomo held his briefing yesterday, and uh, we're going to get into it. It's just the press really just drives me nuts. The obsequious press... I mean, they, you, you, you watch one of these uh, Trump uh, uh, press briefings and the reporters are interrupting him. They're badgering him. They're, you know, in the middle of his answer, they're like, oh, yeah, but what about this? They ask Cuomo a question. Oh, Mr. Cuomo, uh, what do you think about that? And that's it. And then, then they're gone. It's like talking to Mike Francesa back in the day. You ask him a question, <laughs> and then he, then he cuts you off, and then he spends five minutes pontificating, and you think that the caller is, like, mesmerized by his wisdom. Meanwhile, the caller's been gone for five minutes. Aye, aye, aye. In this case, these, uh, these dunce reporters just sit there and listen. I guess they're like these sports, uh, the Connor, sports call reporters. They're, afra- they're probably afraid of getting the boot or something like that. I don't know what it is, but it really is annoying. But uh, all kinds of things. Meat shortages out there. Uh, the president was in Arizona yesterday at a, a factory where they, they make these masks. And uh, he, everybody's hitting him for not wearing a mask. But uh, nobody was wearing a mask. This Honeywell plant in Arizona. But uh, Cuomo did have some good news, believe it or not, at the beginning before he went on his rants. This is what he said. Number of total hospitalizations is 9,600. That is a lower number than yesterday. Barely. It's basically flat. You see the overall total hospitalizations is down, change in intubations is down, that's good news. And the number of new hospitalizations is also down. This is an important number. This is how many people came in yesterday with a diagnosis of COVID into hospitals or people who were technically in a hospital who were then diagnosed with COVID. Uh, so it is good news. So that that is good news. That is, and that's got to be like the twentieth day of a downward trend. Yeah. It's got to be easily. It's also like the hundredth time I've heard Governor Cuomo say that's good news. Yet again, at the rate of uh, of uh, being redundant and saying the same thing every single morning, it doesn't matter because we're nowhere near near reopening the city. And forget about the city. Where my father went yesterday, he left Queens finally. He went to Liberty, New York. I know you know it well, Bernie. Five miles outside of Monticello to a rehab. There's two deaths up there by Sullivan County. Two people died, closed for business. And the, and the governor said yesterday, there's not one region in this state, not one. Two deaths up there in Sullivan County. Not one ready to reopen. Really? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Really? It's, it's supposed to be a regional approach, and that, that would be a perfect uh, place to start reopening. But no. They have these things of it with contact tracers and uh, all kinds of, again, unattainable goals that are going to slow this reopening up. The downward trend thing, that's out the window. The slowing the curve, the flattening the curve, slowing the spread, all that stuff, preventing hospitalizations from being overwhelmed. Forget those goals. We have new goals, uh, as we talked about yesterday. Now, on the nursing homes, of course, he was asked again yesterday about uh, they, they added 1,700 deaths to the count, 1,700. That's a lot. And by the way, the new, the new projections that they put out that are a lot higher, 
a lot of those are deaths that are, are deaths that have already occurred. They're adding them to the list. <laughs> Keep that in mind. When, when they say that by August we're going to have this amount, uh, they're going back and they're adding them. They're not going to be new deaths. So, so anyway, they added 1,700 to the nursing home. But here's this question, and this would be, uh, I believe this is number six. This is number five. Number five. Listen to the reporter ask the question and then just sit back and, uh, I don't know, play uh, or, or watch Tic Tac on his cell phone or whatever or her cell phone. She asked the question about the nursing homes and doesn't follow up or ask any tough or relevant or hard questions, just lets him go and lets him spin and lie. Listen to this. Governor, when you look at these nursing home deaths, why were steps taken earlier to protect such a vulnerable population? I don't know. We did some very harsh things here that, frankly, I wasn't even comfortable with, but the health experts insisted. If there's anything else we can learn from and do, we will do. You have people who get sick in the nursing home. Sometimes they're transported to a hospital. That's up to the experts in the nursing home, if that's helpful. Once a person is better, uh, the person has to go somewhere. They don't have to go back to the nursing home, by the way. If the nursing home says, I can't provide care for this person, then the nursing home must transfer the resident. We have COVID facilities, COVID-only facilities, for that can take people from nursing homes. The nursing home has to make the decision. Line if the nursing time. home doesn't think they can take them, they shouldn't. And all they have to do is say no and tell the Department of Health and that person will go somewhere else. Except he ordered them to take them. He's just <laughs> completely, uh, to- he's, he's totally completely lying. And, and you heard the reporter doesn't jump in. Well, if you care so much, why did you order the nursing homes to take COVID-infected uh, people uh, to, into a place where the, the people are the most vulnerable, a nursing home. And uh, Michael Goodwin does right. You are the governor of the state that is the national epicenter of the deadly outbreak. You don't have the luxury of not knowing. That's right. As he started off by saying. And why didn't you, why, why, don't this, why doesn't the reporter jump in and say, why didn't you send some of these people to the, uh, the Comfort, the ship, to the Javits Center and all this stuff? Where is the reporter asking the tough follow-up question? They just let him go on to the next question. One, one simple little question, and that's it. And wow. he gets to spin and spew. That's it. This guy mur- he's, he's, he mass-murdered a bunch of old people. Bunch, thousands. And, and, and these, uh, these, these little uh, timid reporters, they're afraid to call him on it. Well, listen, I sent a uh, four-tweet rant directly to New York Gov yesterday. Goes right to Andrew Cuomo. You're right, Bernie. He probably gets thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of tweets every day. So why would he care about Sid Rosenberg's, except my name is relatively more recognizable than Jaime Schwartz in Sheepshead Bay. And I sent four tweets, and I basically said, listen, stop already. Be honest with us. We deserve honesty from one essential worker to another. Why are you shutting down this city? Why are you bankrupting millions of people? Why are you allowing old people to die? Let's just be honest with each other. Let's stop. And I said, here's a chance to be honest. Going on with your brother, you're not going to earn a badge of courage. Going on with those two geniuses on MSNBC, you're not going to earn a badge of courage. Stop by the Bernie and Sid show once. Put us in our place. Tell us to know what the hell we're talking about. But come on. One time... Talking about how the reporters don't ask him any tough questions. One time. He's not going to with do me it. and Bernie. And, and by the way, it's up to 30% of the people who died in New York State died, were elderly, died in nursing homes. Where are the journalists like Steve Lacey, like Bill yeah, Ritter, please. like uh, Liz Cho? Come on. Like, yeah, where the hell are they? They, they, they? they don't care about old people that died? This is, a, this is a, a, a scandal of huge magnitude. I agree. 
And yet they just ignore it. They put their head in the sand. They don't care. Nope. They don't address it whatsoever no. on their newscast. Let's go to Lee Goldberg with the weather today. Lee, what does it look like yeah. out there? <laughs> hey, go, uh, Governor Cuomo announced this, and uh, Trump said he's not going to bail out states. And, uh, yeah, so, Lee, how's it going? Are, are you getting wet? <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. I'll make you this promise. On this show, four hours of morning, no BS. And BS, not Bernie and Sid, but bullshizzle. Six forty-two. Your hump day Wednesday morning. Back here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Ed Mullen's going to stop by in the eight o'clock hour. The great New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. Stop by at some point today. The phones are open, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Of course, some of the major stories today includes, uh, well, day one, cleaning the subways last night, shutting them down for four hours, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. this morning. The subways were shut down. That had me uh, very nervous. Couldn't really sleep last night. And uh, got up my regular time, did my regular morning routine, Arrived at my station at 103rd Street, as I do every morning, uh, knowing, I should say not knowing, but thinking there was no way there'd be trains there at any point this morning, and I was wrong. As it turned out, my 5.10 a.m. one train from 103 to Madison Square Garden was clean, uh, sounds homeless, and on time. So uh, if you're out there, you experienced the same thing this morning, we'd like to know. Again, one 800 848-9222. Of course, um, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, still um, uh, under a lot of criticism here, taking fire for the amount of folks dying at these nursing homes. 1,700 more cases added yesterday. And as Michael Goodwin points out in today's New York Post, and Bernie and I pointed out already this morning, that number continues to grow, and it will grow, because there are numbers that they're adding on a daily basis from folks that died before. And they have not changed the policy. The policy remains the same. His uh, Howard Zucker, his uh, health chief, the New York Post has labeled him Dr. Death very appropriately. <laughs> Dr. Death and uh, I would say Mayor Death because he signed off on it. He, uh, you know, he talks about how the vulnerable, the elderly, were vul- I mean, they knew. They knew exactly what they were for some reason. I don't know. that Maybe they thought old people were expendable. They're like, we're not going to clog up our hospitals with old people with COVID-19 or the Wu flu. We're not going to do that. Send them back to the nursing homes. Let them deal with it. Right. And, of course, the nursing homes were, not only were they ill-equipped and they got the, the edict overnight, uh, they were ordered, they had to take them back. Uh, so when they, when they went back, of course, they were unprepared, the nursing homes, and they spread the disease like wildfire. It was yep. like uh, lighting a fire in dry grass, as somebody else has pointed out. That's a good, uh, good analogy. Let's grab the phones for the first time this morning. Again, two very good guests, and your phone calls, our opinions all morning long. We start with Danny. He's in a place I used to live, Riverdale, in the Bronx, on line four. Good morning, Danny. Hi, how are you guys? Listen, great show as usual. Thank you. I just want to say... This Cuomo, a liar, the only way we're going to get to the bottom of this is to have an investigation, a federal investigation. Bring the feds in here because, let's face it, if it was Trump, they'd be all over him, right? Of course. And while we're at it, he's, he's a presumptive presidential uh, candidate. This will prepare This man, whenever you mention his name, preface it with granny killer. He killed grandma, this SOB. And he's lying out of his face. That's what it is. 
My wife is a nurse in a nursing home here in Riverdale, right? She was out sick for almost a month. She just went back to work this week. She went in there. They lost 50 people, over 50 people. She is devastated. Let me tell you, this needs to be investigated. Why and who's responsible? Well, uh, we agree it needs to be investigated. We agree that what he's done is criminal. But in the four years, Bunny, that I've been with you, whether we've talked about Hillary Clinton, which either was illegal, uh, the countless FBI agents, Bill de Blasio, Cuomo getting away with that Buffalo Billions. It just seems to me that any time these Democrat politicians do something which ranges from untawdry to illegal, nobody gets arrested, nobody gets investigated, and if they do, it goes away in 15 minutes. They just don't. Not, he, not uh, in our history together. Uh, in, in Cuomo's case, with the Buffalo Billions, he actually disbanded himself <laughs> right. the commission as they got closer to him. He got away. I mean, there was the a Moreland big commission. Big to do at the time, but uh, he got away with it. Just disbanded them. That's it. Forget about it. You know what? We don't need to know anything else. In the meantime, and he got nine, away with it. And his nine buddies went to prison for life. And uh, who knows how much money he made under the table. I mean, again, I know his salary as the governor is not a lot. And yet, like his brother Chris, he's a multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? No, I can't. But uh, yes, well, obviously, because uh, he's daddy's boy. I mean, it's all Mario that started this. These guys would be nowhere. They'd be driving, uh, you know, whatever. Who, who knows? Buses, <laughs> something. Uh, both of them. Well, Chris but, is a good-looking guy. He may be ended up on CNN anyway. Who, you know, he's good-looking. He, he hates he, the president. He'd be a good-looking construction worker or something. Oh, whatever. Okay. Who knows? But. I like it. The consistency uh, is what, what kills me here is because there's a, a double standard, obviously. I, it's not do as I say, or it's not do as I do, do as I say. Right. Because with Cuomo, he talks about his beloved mother, Matilda, and yet when it comes to somebody else's mother, their life doesn't matter. No, it doesn't care. There's no. somebody else's mom. Yeah, you know what? Who cares? Send no. them back. If we have to ration off ventilators, we'll ration them off, he yeah. said back in 2015. Yeah. And with the nursing homes, doesn't matter. We'll send them. His brother was out there. Uh, you know, Cuomo's uh, demanding people wear masks. A, he doesn't wear one himself. No, he's got a better tan than me. And B, uh, Chris <laughs> Cuomo is out there with coronavirus with other people, his family included, no. and, and friends. He's out and about. He's not staying in the basement. No. So it's okay. It's, it's, it's one. It, you and I have to do one thing, but they get to do another thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's been him his, uh, his whole career. Let's go to John. He's on the Hutch Bernard. He's on line three this morning, and he had a similar train experience like I had this morning. Good morning, John. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hi. Yeah, I, was, I drive in the car, then I get on the four train. It was spanking clean. You guys are going wild on those two bozos. We love it here when we're listening. But, Bernie, you got to be tough on Murphy. Oh, come on, come on. on. Stop doing this already. Stop. Come on, Mike. You want me to be tough on. on Murphy? Okay, yeah, listen, Murphy, by the way. Uh, same no, he po- said the China. It's the same. Don't I know, I, know. I heard the China, but let's yeah, go. Same just, guy. just go with Murphy. Murphy has a, a similar policy as Cuomo regarding the nursing homes, or had. In fact, the number of deaths uh, percentage-wise is higher in New Jersey, uh, New Jersey uh, beats New York when it comes to the percentage of deaths in nursing homes I know. Uh, from elderly people. So he's right about Murphy. Murphy, just to me, he seems like, I don't know, he seems to be, I get the feeling he wants to do the right thing. I may be wrong. Cuomo is just a grandstanding, uh, a double-talking weasel. I mean, he's talking about uh, money for the states, and he goes, he goes through this big dissertation about how uh, you know, New York gives uh, more money to the federal government than Kentucky. 
Well, yeah, because we have more people and they pay federal taxes. Yeah, so- but, but I don't disagree with them there. I mean, the federal government should be giving us a lot more money, and they're not. So I happen to agree with Andrew Cuomo and, they will. and his gripe. They, they've well, gave, they haven't yet. They've <laughs> given us a little bit because the, Nancy Pelosi hasn't come back. We, wow. have, we have to work out well, a bill. You've got to be careful. But too. it's got to be coronavirus related. I, I get it. But when Donald Trump comes out there and says, listen, basically, I don't want to give these blue states the money. And, and he's talking, I think, directly to New York. I don't think he's talking to California. I don't think. Yeah, he's then talking. What do, you, to, what do you expect is going to happen? He's talking to Michigan and, and oh, California. But it, anything that's non-coronavirus related, he's got a point. You, you can't be giving money to uh, uh, Blasio, uh, health care for illegal aliens, uh, tuition for illegal, illegal well, listen, aliens. He, he just got, can't do it. He's got a point, And this is where you and I are always going to disagree. He makes it personal. It's not about the virus and all the stuff you're talking about. That's your talking point, and that sounds great. But when Trump is in the boxing ring with Cuomo, de Blasio, blue states, he makes it personal. doesn't make it sound like that at all. makes it sound very political, like, F you. You don't like me. You're doing this. You're doing that. I'm going to screw you. And that's where Trump should do a better job. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, me- the media frames it wrong. They- they- they've, been- they've given the states uh, so far $3 trillion. $3 trillion. That's a lot from the federal government. How much for us, though, compared to – what do I care about the states? I- I don't- uh, you're talking about <laughs> workers, businesses, and uh, uh, plenty of others. I mean, hospitals, ships, uh, beds, you name it. They've given them a lot, and they're going to give them more. It's just got to be related to the coronavirus because, look, if the uh, governor is going to exploit this crisis to transform, as he has said yesterday, to transform the education system. we got a crisis here. This is a perfect opportunity to transform the education system. In other words, take advantage of the crisis. There's no reason to think he wouldn't take advantage of the crisis to fix his own fiscal woes, his oh, non-corona-related yeah. yeah. fiscal woes. There's no reason to think he wouldn't. Nope, so disagree. you have to be on guard for that. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The man that is in charge of the Benevolent Association, Ed Mullins, this guy's a great guy, the voice of the police, really, he'll stop by at 8 o'clock, hopefully New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin in the 9 o'clock hour. Phone calls and opinions all day. It's Bernie and Sid on a hump day. Wednesday. Nice. Ramblin' Man. It's funny you would play this. The last time I saw a ton of people, and you can keep this playing, I guess for 30 seconds. Uh, the last time I saw a ton of people in and around Madison Square Garden, where we work right now, folks, just for upstairs. 17 floors above the legendary floor of Madison Square Garden. It was a Tuesday night, six days. Six days, to be exact, before they shut down the city. And the Allman brothers were playing downstairs. And I came back to work that night. And you remember the next morning, Bernie, I said, social distancing? There was like 17,000 people lining 7th Avenue last night for this Allman brothers concert. And it was six days after that that everything went dark. At the end of The Sopranos, everything went dark. That was the last time I saw tons of people congregating in the city for the Allman Brothers. What do you mean went dark? Uh, the blackout? No, the, 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 everything shut down. The restaurants, the gyms, the bars, everything. Oh, oh, oh here. Literally just, six just days recently, after that. Just recently. Yeah, right after the, yeah, the, oh, the Allman see, Brothers concert. Yeah, that yeah, was the last yeah, thing the, I saw. So the, uh, What was left of the Allman Brothers. <laughs> right, they're all dead. I actually went to see them, believe it or not, back in the day at the Palladium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was the drug? They, they, they had these Greg was the big guy. Quaaludes. Oh, Quaaludes are great. I went great. once, uh, the only time I ever went to see them, and, and the only time I ever went to the Palladium. Yeah. And these guys broke out lewds, you know, oh, and I never, did, I never did anything like that. Oh, I, I hated did. it. Loved them. And I got the yeah, old... All it did was make me want to go to sleep. Well, it's... it's the only time I ever did it, 
Never did it again. Well, it's like having seven drinks. If you have the really good ones, the 714s, which I got down in Miami, those are the real pharmaceuticals. One of those lose is like having seven drinks. So you go out at night, if you're partying and start eating them like two or three in a row, in essence, you've just had 20 drinks. And when you well, do fall asleep, I once fell asleep for two consecutive days because I took too many lewds. Right. We were drinking, of course, in the van on the way down. Oh. And then here come the lewds. And I'm like, okay, I'll take one. Yeah. And all I did was I was just drowsy. And, I, you know, when people stood up, I stood up with them. And oh. then I plopped back down and my head was rolling around. It was horrible. That was actually one of the, uh, I loved them. But uh, it's, people do have that same reaction. But they, uh, in the Wolf of Wall Street, which we watched two nights ago, those guys, Jordan Belfort and all of his guys, Ludes, Ludes, Ludes at the Hamptons at all those parties. and I never understood the, the, the downers, uh, the second alls and that type well, of thing. Well, I, I only did the, those when I did Coke, so I could balance. Yeah, well, now you have uh, Valium and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, Xanax, I guess. I don't know. Xanax, but. Uh, no, it's all bad stuff. Ed no, Mullins. No, uh, good, no good, folks. No, no Listen, just, just stick with the alcohol, a little uh, bit of alcohol, exactly. and you're fine. Right. Take it from a couple of guys. That Believe know. me, trust us. Trust <laughs> right. us. Ed Mullins is coming on at 8.05. He loves us. He claims 99% of the NYPD men and women in the city love us. And uh, our good friend Jim in Brooklyn, Online 5, has a story that will confirm that. Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, good morning, guys. As I always say, change nothing, no back steps. I have a son-in-law who's a sergeant up in the 3-4, and my nephew is a patrolman out in Nassau County in Hempstead. My nephew in Nassau County... Makes more than the sergeant up in the 3-4. Get the city to pay these guys what they're worth. You're right. I mean, they do get great health benefits, but the salary is a pittance. It really is a yeah. shame what they pay the police. Yeah, no, it is terrible. And then what the, the, the hell they go through and get, again, and the brass doesn't have their back. You know, a cop, uh, he, he throws down with some guy who gets all up in his mush. And they take his gun away, put him on modified duty, and the other guy gets no charges against him. It's a tough job. That's why we're bringing on Ed Mullins this morning to uh, highlight that story as well as many others. Uh, you don't have to worry about Bernie and Sid. We are very pro-cop on this show. Maybe I should go to yeah, Van Halen. The good one, the yeah. David Lee Roth version, not the Sammy Hagar version. I guess there's a lot of kids these days. I don't know. At least the, the, maybe the silver lining to this is the... Uh, that problem in schools with abuse. What do you mean? The kids are home, so they, they can't really, uh, they can't touch the kids. I don't know. What do you mean? Other kids beating up other kids and stuff no, like no, that? No, no, I'm talking about the teachers having oh. sex with the kids. Oh, well, that teachers have sex with the kids? You've heard of it? You never heard about that? Well, not my school. And that's no, abuse. No. I, I know. I get, yelled at all the, I get yelled at all the time. I, I was always Listen. like, what a lucky kid. And like, no, no, no. You don't want your son uh, having sex with this teacher. I'm like, I don't. I remember when we were, I was in high school. I went to Catholic high school, Cardinal Hayes High School. And we had a lot of priests and, uh, you know, male teachers and some female teachers. And we had one female teacher. She was a Greek. I forget her name. But she was young and she was very pretty. Very pretty. She was so pretty. Now, was she really pretty or was it because most of the teachers were men and there were some nuns? No. She so was, she really she, just. Listen. All I know is, like, when she turned around to write on the boardwalk, I know. and she kind of reached up a little bit. Oh, boy. I mean, forget about the lesson. Whatever lesson that she was trying to teach. Out the window. Out the window. Did she wear panties? Yeah. I mean, it was oh, just, okay. uh, you know, it was just, right. the dress was a little uh, snug. <laughs> okay. And it was just like, what? What is this? <laughs> what is this? I mean, <laughs> now, what class I, was and she And, of teaching? course, it was an old boys' high school. Oh, even worse. So, uh, it was math. 
It was math, and uh, uh, she was a, she was a great teacher. And once we got over that and got used to it, no I wonder guess. you're terrible at math. I'm you not a thing. I I, I I can put two and two together. <laughs> well, that's a good. little bit. So Governor Cuomo again, he wants to uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, he wants to exploit the crisis. As a lot of them said, Joe Biden said it yesterday. Uh, you got the Carranza, the racist creep. He wants to use the crisis to do away with the, uh, you know, allowing uh, Asians to excel by, by passing these specialized tests. He wants to do away with all that. He wants to use a crisis for it. Never let a qu- crisis go to waste. He actually uttered those words. So did Joe Biden. They're all doing it. And Andrew Cuomo's doing it as well. And I maintain he's doing it with... Uh, with trying to get money from the federal government, and Sid disagrees to a certain extent. No, 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 extent. I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of both. And I think de Blasio is all about that. I mean, de Blasio he's all, he's all really called out Trump yesterday. Uh, he killed him. Totally. But nobody pays attention to him. But he did He did totally do that. I mean, that's all he's got left. Well, he did say one thing last night that is worth paying attention to, if you want to remain somewhat optimistic. Because now it looks like November, December. He said September. September. Yeah. That's not bad, Bernie. That's not Listen, bad. They, they have to be feeling the pressure from people. They have to. I know Cuomo says, I don't care. I'm all about life. Yeah, it was all about life when he sent those COVID-infected uh, patients back to the nursing homes. Yeah, sure, Andrew. But here he is on the uh, schools. He, wants to, he loves this tele, tele-learning, which the teachers can't stand. Well, and, and, and the and, students, too. I mean, my son it, is in a private school, Gabriel, so he's getting a pretty good education. And he is legitimately, Bernard, on that computer from 8.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. But he's got friends, for example, who live in the Bronx or other places. They don't show up on this computer every day. They sleep late. They're watching SpongeBob. They, they don't have parents that are going to say, right. hey, you got to get on that damn thing. And, of course, there are also a lot of parents that, that do that, but they can't go to work because they have to do that to monitor, to, to babysit and to make sure the kid is learning. Anyway. Right, and my daughter, Ava, quickly now, she's in high school. I asked her flat out at dinner last night, Ava, are you getting the same education as a junior in high school? Now, this is an important time for her. Right, she's got to take the uh, SATs, going to college. Are you getting the same education? And her answer was, in some classes. And, and by the way, she's a motivated student. Right. That's a big deal. A lot of kids are not motivated students. She happens to be exceptionally smart and motivated, so she's not the average student. And so a lot of them are going to fall through the cracks. But anyway, this was Cuomo yesterday. He likes this. See, we, we want to transform this, uh, this educational system. Listen to him. We've all been talking about teleeducation, virtual education, remote education. And there's a lot that can be done. You know, the old model of everybody goes and sits in a classroom and the teacher is in front of that classroom and teaches that class... And you do that all across the city, all across the state, all these buildings, all these physical classrooms. Why? What the hell? Why? It's been done for for, for centuries. I know, but I told you the meme I saw on Instagram last week, and it read this, Bernard. Will we reopen or restart? And it's right. And we're going to see things now change. Things like this that have been doing the same way for 100 years and some of these folks are going to think, I kind of like it this way. So even when we reopen, a lot of the stuff we're doing now may become a part of our regular lives. I'm telling you, our well, regular lives. Listen, the, the kids go to school. They learn a lot. They, they socialize. They need that. Yeah, they need that a lot. It, it, it teaches you character, even the bullying, the, you know, some of the kids that are a little mean. You, it, you learn things. From interacting with others. If you're stuck in your home like a nerd and you go from telelearning to uh, playing video games all day long, 
I mean, you're not going to learn how to interact in society. Well, it's not even learning how. I mean, the fact is, we are social beings. Now, you're a little more... Uh, you no, know, I'm a social being. I, right, I, I'm a, now I'm a little more of a recluse. Right, but a little the, bit more, but you're still a social being. Absolutely. Right, so we're built to actually be with other people. We're not built to be locked up inside. No, no, Even no. the biggest of introverts, you've got to get outside. So forgetting about learned behavior, this goes directly against what we are built to be. But not only that, we're in the middle of a health crisis. We just want to get out of it. Stop with these, these wacky ideas. Just stop. Let's, let's reopen the business. Focus on that. Focus on reopening the damn economy so that people don't die, commit suicide. Businesses don't die. Forget about, not forget about, we know people are going to die from coronavirus. They have been dying, but they're going to die from other things as well. And you should be aware of that. Now, one other thing, the president, he's uh, not allowing Dr. Fauci. Believe it or not, these mutts, these absolute dogs in Congress, they want to... They actually want to hold hearings on Trump's handling of the early on in the coronavirus. We're still in the middle of it's like holding hearings in 1943 during World War Two. Yeah, we're in the middle of the war and we're going to hold hearings on how you conducted the or the beginnings of the war. Why uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Hmm. Did you allow Pearl Harbor to get attacked? Well, do we have time to go to Congress and explain no. how we handle? Let's wait till it's over. But they're right. going to do it nonetheless. So the House has called on Dr. Fauci, the House. Now, where you have a bunch of nasty, these are sons of bitches like Adam Schiff, who uh, they, they, were, they were so distracted, so obsessed with impeaching the, this president on a lie, it was a complete and total hoax, that they ignored the invisible enemy that was about to invade us, allowed it to invade us, and they said nothing about it, nothing. Now they want to hold hearings in the middle of this war, and they want to call Dr. Fauci. The president says, I'm not sending him to the House. I'll send him to the Senate. But the House, no. Because you get nothing but a bunch. Of, talk about gotcha questions. They're not there to get information. They're there to put the guy on the spot or to say something nasty about Trump or whatever the hell it is. He spoke about Fauci testing in the Senate as opposed to the House. Take a listen. The House has put on a committee, an oversight committee of Maxine Waters and Maloney and the same people. And it's just a setup. Uh, but uh, Dr. Fauci will be testifying in front of the Senate, and he looks forward to doing that because the House is a setup. The House is a bunch of Trump haters. Uh, they put every Trump hater on the committee, the same old stuff. They frankly want our situation to be unsuccessful, which means death, which means death. And our situation is going to be very successful. I believe him a thousand percent. That's what they want. They want failure. Schiff, Pelosi, they should be on trial. Uh, Schumer, he should be on trial. China is the enemy. And Pelosi, Schiff and Schumer, they're complicit. They're ignoring China's culpability in all this and trying to make it political. It really is disgusting in the middle of a war. Wait till the war ends. Then we can do some reckoning. And we can call out people like Schiff for holding uh, impeachment hearings during uh, an invasion. We can, uh, we can call Nancy Pelosi out for saying, hey, come to San Francisco and let's have a party in Chinatown on February 24th. We can do that type of stuff a little bit later. Now, a little premature. All right, Bernie. Uh, Sergeant Benevolent Association President Ed Mullins set to join us at 8 o'clock. Talk about that cop that did all the right things and yet is being 
uh, penalized for that. And among the stories around the cops around the city, including what the officers did last night in an attempt to help with the subways, and uh, they did a very, very good job. We'll talk to Ed Mullins coming up. New York Post columnist Mike Goodwin as well. And when we get back, we're going to celebrate a birthday today, one of the all-time great New Yorkers, fresh out of Brooklyn. Not just a great New Yorker, but some say, some say, the greatest Major League Baseball player to ever put on the cleats. Brooklyn. Celebrating a birthday today. We'll be back on Bernie and Sid. There's a long drive way back in center field. Way back, back. It is Bernie Mays. just brought this crowd to its feet with a catch. What must have been an optical illusion to a lot of people. The Wiz kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi Bobby Thompson had done it. Shot and heard round the world. Giants, Rock and roll was the great Billy Mays, the Polo Grounds. Do you have an idea, Bernie, where the Polo Grounds actually were? Yes, of course. Where? Right across the uh, river from where I used to go to high school. I went to high school, 153rd Street in the Grand Concourse in the uh, South Bronx. And they were across the river at 155th Street. And... Uh, Right I by guess, the Harlem River, yeah. Yeah, right by the Harlem River. Yeah, right, yeah, right. That's true. They, uh, 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 east of Broadway. Manhattan, though. Right, right in Manhattan, yep. by the Harlem yeah, yeah, River. Yeah, Very exactly. good call. Polo Grounds, which, of course, Willie Mays. Uh, uh, There's a projects there now. Yes. Now they're the projects. Housing projects. Yeah. Willie started with the Giants in uh, 1951. And, of course, we all know that in 1957, the Giants left the Polo Grounds. And the Dodgers left Brooklyn. And the Dodgers went to Los Angeles, and the Giants went to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Willie stayed there till 72, and then Willie came back to New York and played for the Mets, was on that team that yeah. lost the 73 World Series to the Oakland A's. Most folks who are in their 80s, 90s, 70s, who have seen 50, 60 years of baseball, all agree that the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays, is the best all-around player ever. All of them do. All of the folks that I know, my relatives that watch baseball, Dodger fans, Giant fans, Yankee fans, better than Mickey, better than Joe. Anyway, Willie Mays celebrating his 89th birthday today. Wow. And for all the kids that grew up loving Mickey Mantle during that era later, everybody in Brooklyn loved Willie Mays in the 50s and 60s, even when he went to San Francisco. I think what was said about that, uh, Willie Mays, at the end, he was doing... uh he was doing like a car commercials. Yeah, he's In other words, he missed out on the big money, he, uh, big time. And he was. And a, I think he's bitter about that. He is, and he was a broken down player on yeah. the '73 Mets. And you're right; he never made the big money. No. Guys today who are a quarter of the player that he was right, right. get a hundred million dollars. And I don't blame him for being. Uh, no, I know. And a lot of ex NBA players feel the same way. NFL players too. Yeah. It's all about timing. Those guys in the 60s who were great players, those Green Bay Packer players, those Cleveland Brown players, they never enjoyed the type of stuff these guys have today. Not even close. Talking about that, the Jets, one more sports news. They made a big move yesterday. Believe it or not, Frank Gore, who last year had about 600 yards for the Buffalo Bills, and for many years was a great running back for the 49ers. I don't think people realize this. He's the third all-time leading rusher in the history of the game. Only Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton have rushed for more yardage in their careers than Frank Gore. Third all-time. And yesterday he signed a one-year deal with the New York Jets to back up Le'Veon Bell. Now, he's he's been playing for 16 years. He can still play the game. In fact, here's Jet quarterback Sam Donald on the Jets signing Frank Gore. I think for us, until we get, you know, more news, for us it's really just taking advantage of the time that we do have. 
you know, I'm not taking this time for granted, you know, making every minute counts because um, we're not getting a ton of time to meet or do any of that kind of stuff. So making sure that every single second counts and um, we're really just trying to put in the work right now that we can to make our team as prepared and for the season as we possibly can. All right, so he's talking about the overall view of the Jets, but Andy Frank Gore certainly helps. Does he have any uh, sex assault or, uh, you know, <laughs> women beating uh, convictions on his record? Let me tell you something. This kid is a great kid. Okay, good. I knew him. I like what I hear. He went to the University of Miami. So when I was doing all my shows, those 11 years down in Miami, a lot of those guys would come back. Even they were big stars in the NFL, they would come back during the offseason. And Frank Gore sat with me many, many mornings down in Miami. He's one of the sweetest Hard-working, yeah, like nicest it. guys. See, I root for individuals. And one quick question. The, uh, the NFL is still going to open on time in September? That's what they're saying. In fact, uh, good question, Bernie. Tomorrow night, NFL primetime on the NFL Network, a three-hour television show from 8 to 11 p.m. Tomorrow night, NFL Network, they're going to announce the 2010 schedule. Excuse me, 2010. 2020 schedule. And they are starting on time. September 10th, first game of the year. February 7th. Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. Yes. Wow, again, Tampa. Tampa, uh, the home of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, that's right. Will they be playing a home game? Hey, where's Winston Jameis going? Is he gone yet? He signed a one-year deal. Uh, Jameis. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans to no. back up Drew Brees. Okay. Right, because their backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, he replaced Cam Newton in Carolina gotcha. with the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, man. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Taking a picture of this uh, silk milk today. I'm going down today to the belly of the beast in Dwayne Reed. I'm buying it today. Oh, so. but I'm it's going the, down too. So. We'll I'm have, going we'll down have, also. Don't go down today. I'm I mean, going you keep, down. You, you're a lot of talk. I'm going down today. But I haven't bought any milk in, in weeks. Tomorrow, Today I'm going down, I promise. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture of this blue milk carton. And um, what about carton? He's still in prison. I'm going to take a uh, picture of this carton. Uh-huh. And uh, tomorrow we'll have it, I promise. Uh, uh. <laughs> so front page, to recap, Sydney made it on time to work this morning. The subways are... Uh, they're, they're open at 5 o'clock, just as advertised. 5 o'clock, my 5.10 a.m. train, exactly arriving at 5.10, much cleaner, no homeless, a decided difference, morning number one. And make no mistake about it, folks, uh, despite what these dishonest politicians like de Blasio and uh, Andrew Cuomo, Il Duce, tell you, this whole thing was precipitated by the homeless crisis. They could have cleaned these subways, disinfected them, while the trains ran, but they wanted to kick these vagrants, these filthy vagrants, off the subways. They were really making it very, very difficult for people like Sid and our frontline medical professionals, all the essential workers using the subways every single day. Very, very difficult to travel on the subways. And that's what it's all about. Front page of the New York Post, they have a picture of some slob sitting on a, on a train with garbage all over the place. They won't show you that on the fake local news. They'll just tell you, yeah, they're going to close from 1 to 5 so they can clean the train so that they're coronavirus-free. <laughs> no, they're doing it to get rid of these slobs off the trains. Tell the truth. We're telling the truth here on the uh, Bernie and Sid Show on 77 WABC, and it's working. And when I came in at 1.30 this morning, man, was I happy to see Penn Station closed. Instead of uh, 25 of, of vagrants and uh, thugs, Standing outside the entrance of Penn Station on 7th Avenue and 32nd Street, there were a phalanx of police officers. I'm yeah. like, yes, 
the cavalry has arrived. <laughs> I felt so much safer, so much better. Yeah. Because when I drove past before I parked the car, I saw them there. And I was so relieved because uh, really walking in from the parking lot through this uh, gauntlet of, uh, 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 of dirt bags, is it's not, it's not a good feeling. No, so it's when, scary. I saw, when I saw, yeah, exactly. I but I was worried, you know, that they would that they would be missing from the trains, missing from the entrance at the top of the escalator, and I would see them walking like Sixth Avenue or Seventh Avenue. I didn't see a lot of that either. No, I didn't. So I, where are they? I, I did see people walking around Midtown as I drove in, and, and and a lot of police cars following individuals who should not be on the street. Well, that's what I'm saying. So the, the cops, there were a thousand cops and MTA workers. That flooded the subways at 1 o'clock in the morning. 1,000. And they took all these homeless off the trains. My question is, they weren't here. They weren't in Penn Station this morning. We didn't see them. Yeah. Where are they? Well, they're scattered about. Uh, yeah, they weren't. I didn't see any clusters. I, I wasn't all over the place. But it was a good experience for both of us this morning. So we're, we're, we're happy about that. Now, uh, speaking of uh, the dishonest Governor Cuomo, uh, Michael Goodwin just slaughters him on this uh, homeless scandal in which he uh, essentially mass murdered a bunch of old people. I mean, he, he talks no, very, very, uh, uh, you know, endearingly about his, his, his precious mother. Well, a lot of people's precious moms died in this nursing home because of his mandate. Thousands. Thousands died because of Andrew Cuomo. And then uh, Cuomo had, had them die. Now he lies. He claims ignorance. And then he, he gets mad, and then he starts blaming the nursing home. Anyway, Michael Goodwin, great column. You know, he talks about how Cuomo's pulling a Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing! And he's blaming uh, his uh, health commissioner, Dr. Zucker. Called, the New York Post calls him Dr. Death. They've added 1,700 uh, victims to that death count in the nursing homes. Cuomo said, I didn't know nothing about that. Oh, really? This guy is he's known for micromanaging and, and you know... Being a hands-on, now all of a sudden he knows nothing about deaths that he uh, that, that he caused essentially with his policy, which has not changed. And they could have sent those people to the Javits Center. They could have sent them to the ships. They didn't do it. Blah blah blah. Michael Goodwin uh, is all over that. Hopefully, we'll speak to him a little bit later on. But talk about hypocrisy. Andrew Cuomo yesterday. This is what he said about wearing masks. Listen to Andrew Cuomo. I think it's disrespectful of people not to wear masks. I mean, think about it. Do I think local government should be enforcing it? And should there be sanctions? Yes, yes. Uh, because it is a public health emergency. And I think there should be a penalty. Because you could literally kill someone. No, you can't. You could literally kill someone no, you can't. because you didn't want to wear a mask. Not true. But none, none, the, of that is, none of that is scientifically true. None of that. None. none, of it. none, none but, but here's the kicker. He's sitting there with a panel full of people. No mask. None of them are wearing masks. Right. And as I've said a million times, next to me, he's got the next best tan in New York City. How do you explain that? Do as I say, not as I do. Same thing, I played the clips of uh, the governor, excuse me, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. We will lock your ass up. <laughs> you ain't suck. We'll lock. You violate the rules, we will lock you up. And then, of course, she got a haircut, which is against the rules. And she had to explain, oh, well, you know, I take my, my personal high. I needed a haircut. I got, I got to go on TV. I, I have an exception to the rule. This is uh, how socialism and communism get started, yeah. folks. Do as I say, not as I do. And speaking of which, the, uh, the, the prime minister of Canada, his name is Justin Trudeau. Oh, one of the greats. Another one. He's a guy <laughs> who's telling people to stay home. This is what he said over the Easter holidays. 
so as we reflect on Jesus' message of love and compassion, let's think about our healthcare workers and essential service workers who are on the front lines every day. Let's put into practice what it truly means to love our neighbors as ourselves by making sacrifices to protect their health. Let's stay home for them. Now, didn't he have it? And meanwhile, he had, not only did he have it, meanwhile, he, went, he, he traveled hundreds of miles right. to go visit his family. He didn't stay home. And he, had, he knew he had it. And he knew he had it. And his wife had it too, right? I don't know about his wife. And the whole Edmonton Oilers hockey team had it, I sort, think. Sort of like, <laughs> yeah, sort of like the, the Chris Cuomo thing, who I'm going to get to in a minute. And now this one other guy from the Imperial College, remember I mentioned them a million times? Yes, yes. They're overinflated projections of we're going to have three to four million dead people. This guy, Neil Ferguson, was the brains behind all that. And he was the reason why we took such draconian measures, because we, re- we relied on this faulty Imperial College projection about how many people are going to die. And this guy was adamant about it. He was adamant. Neil Ferguson is his name. This is what he said at the time. One has to adopt the sort of community measures which have been adopted, particularly in places like Wuhan and China, where you try to reduce contacts between people in the community. So the sorts of measures which are important are, first of all, if anybody has any sort of respiratory disease, cold, anything, stay at home until those symptoms are fully resolved. Stay home. Stay home. Don't have any contact with other people. Meanwhile, he himself got coronavirus. While he had the virus, he had his girlfriend come over his house. The uh, English newspapers broke that story. The Daily Mail, the Telegraph. They all broke that story. He had his girlfriend come over, his married girlfriend, by the way, who went home to her husband and kids and could have infected them as well. This guy, uh, he is guilty of that. He was busted. They have pictures and everything. He just resigned. He's the reason why we are in the position we are in right now. Do as I say, not as I do. And finally, Chris Cuomo. The the most guilty of that. I mean, this guy, is he was the worst. He was... In his basement, stay home. You got to stay home in your basement. And we got to do this. I'm sick as hell. I'm shaking. I'm falling off the bed at night. I don't know what to do. I got bad. I don't know what to do. I got plus, bad headaches. Plus, the rumor is he gave it to Brooke Baldwin. That's just a rumor. That's alleged. We have no confirmation, well, well, no proof of that. We would never ever slander anybody, but that's, that's the rumor. We know he gave it to his wife and his son. And God knows who else. He was in the Hamptons. He went out. Oh, yeah. And he was out while he had the coronavirus. No mask. He had friends amongst them, plus the family members. Of course. So, in other words, the governor's brother, the governor, the fascist governor, Il Duce Cuomo, his brother is breaking the rules, and, it, and he never called his brother out in any of these briefings. Never. And he talks about his family incessantly. That's right. And he goes on with his brother all the time, of course. He doesn't have the balls to go on with you and I, which I asked him to do yesterday, in a uh, direct tweet to New York Gov Cuomo, which uh, you folks out there should do as well, just berate him, just barrage him with, come on, Bernie and sit, Joe, because he's very comfortable going on with his own brother, who, like Bernie says, he never calls out, ever, ever. Hey, Chris, dummy, what are you going outside for? You got the virus. I'm trying to save, right, I'm trying to save all these New Yorkers. You got to wear a mask. Yeah. You got to wear a plug. What are you doing to me, Chris? And he gets tough with some, uh, you know, 65-year-old biker out in the Hamptons on his radio show. So he was on his TV show last night, was Chris Cuomo. He was back again? He was back on the TV show, and he was lecturing. Oh, Chris was, right. Listen, Chris, Chris Cuomo was lecturing people like you who go into the parks and, uh, well, a little too close together for his liking. Listen to Chris Cuomo. There's also feel, fatigue. I've had it. Season's changing. It's getting warm. Want to get back to it. Look at these fools. Fools. I know they want to be out there. Fools, it's not about you. No. 
What about the other people? What about and look, I'm not going to castigate you. That's not my job. What? I'm not your daddy. You, right you can act like a man. No, you, you were just doing it right <laughs> now. What are you talking about? Hypocrites. Right. This is what I'm trying to tell you. The that, media elites that, that, and these Democratic governors, <laughs> they're phony hypocrites. Do as I say, not as I do. That would be like OJ standing above Nicole's body when her head was nearly cut off and him saying, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, she's already dead. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just castigated us. Who are you yeah. to castigate us? We You're are, a dopey TV guy. We're, 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 no, we're dopey schmuck uh, little guy. We're d- oh, little people. The little nice. people got to listen. Stay home. Lock yourself up. My brother's the governor. He's telling you what to do. I do whatever the hell I want. He does whatever the hell he wants. Uh, Neil Ferguson, the Canadian prime minister, they do what the hell they want. But you, you better stay home. Otherwise, you're acting like a fool. We're going to give you a ticket or we're going to lock you up. They locked a lady up in Texas for opening up a, a salon. Uh, uh, prior to the uh, legal opening date, which is this Friday. Yeah, I've got all her information. If yeah. you want to bring her on, we should call her. Well, unless she's in prison. They, 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 she, they, well, she's they, not going to stay for long. It's probably uh, one day in jail. She'll be out. No, but well, they gave her seven days. Seven days. Seven days. They said, listen, you can apologize, and we will absolve you. We will not make you uh, sentence you to seven she's days. She's not apologizing. She said, you know what? F you. That's right. God my, bless my, her. My, feeding my kids is essential to me. Thank you. And I had to go back to work. That's I a real American. I ain't apologizing for squat. That's a real American right there. That's what America's on. Sean Hannity should do a whole damn segment on her tonight. Give me liberty or give me seven days in prison. See what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll be right back. Back here in the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. You know, we're here for you folks during this, uh, these, these difficult times. We are here for you. We want to talk to New York, the tri-state area, Jersey, Manhattan, Queens. What about Connecticut? Not Strong really? Island. We don't care about Connecticut? Actually, I like it. You like Connecticut, okay. Connecticut's a beautiful place. What about the huge fan base? And I mean this sincerely. In fact, I tell Dave Labrosi this all the time. What about down in South Florida? We've got a huge fan base. And they actually listen they, to us. They are welcome to phone in. We take their calls all, all the, the time. time. They actually listen to us because they believe down there, not in the whole state. We spoke to Joyce Kaupman yesterday. Ron DeSantis is doing a good job. But the folks that we know in South Florida, Boca, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, blah, 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 Palm Beach, they feel like they're probably under the same umbrella we are here in the city, that they'll reopen about the same time. So you have yeah. a lot of folks listening in South Florida to us because they feel like they're kind of in the same boat Not only that, as New York. They, they want to feel like they're back home. Of they course. They've got a couple of bullheaded mooks from the Bronx and Brooklyn. And talk, they're all from there. New York. And they're all from there. They're from all here. From, right, exactly. Right. No, listen, so we see you uh, Bergen County, Monmouth County, Suffolk County, Shirley, Long Island. Broward County, Dade County, <laughs> Palm Beach County. Staten Island. Oh, we love Staten Island. We love Staten Island. Yeah. Audi is in East You've been Ma- to the Victory Motor Inn many, many times on the Staten Island Expressway, haven't you? No, in, in fact, uh, this year. Really? Yeah. I used to go all the time. I was there, the Q Motor Inn in Queens, the Golden Gate in Brooklyn, the Windjammer in Cheapshead Bay. Now Nobody c- had more short stay visits than me. Nobody. They could have used the, the disinfectant that they're using on oh, the subways. Forget they about it. They could have used it in those places. Don't even. Don't even. And I would always. Especially ca- after you after were After I left. And I'd always carve in. Sid was here 0419 for my birthday. I was the king of the short stay, I'm telling you. 52 bucks with the movies. It was a great deal. <laughs> Audie is in East Meadow. Good morning to you, Audie. Audie. Gone. Next. Let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Steve, good morning to you on the Bernie and Sid Show. 
you may find yourself in front of a crowd without a mask. Uh, no good. Next. <laughs> Tony is in strong. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Tommy is in the Bronx. Go to Tommy. Good morning, Tommy. I, I was listening to the mayor, the greatest mayor in the world. Now, I can't believe he's not going to run again. And you know something? I compare him to John F. Kennedy. My mother voted for Kennedy because she said he was good looking. Hey, it's my mother, right? Plus, he was, plus he was Catholic, Irish Catholic. Okay, but Mayor, he was on yesterday, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing when he had this doctor guest on, and she talked about the virtues of that medicine that will cure these people. Why couldn't we do this? Look at all the people that died at Elmhurst Hospital. I'm telling you, it shouldn't have happened. And I tell you one thing, I'm in the healthcare industry. I would never go to a city hospital. I'll, I'll die in the ambulance first. There's only two good hospitals in New York. Yeah. It's uh, NYU and Columbia Press. Right, according to that law. So you're right. In fact, and, hey. and talking about what he just, I just dealt with that. Wait, well, what was the medicine, Tommy? Uh, probably rem, rem, what do you call that? Well, let's ask him. Tommy, what was the medicine? Uh, the one that Trump was uh, promoting. Hydro- oh, hydroxychloroquine. That's not the one right now, though. The Tom, one that well, that's they're what touting, Tommy's talking right, about. But the one they're touting is, what's it called now? You, you, you the other one they're touting, remdesivir, which yes. is very expensive. Hydroxychloroquine is cheap. Yes, but they're saying the second one you just mentioned works a lot better on more patients than well, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, there's a debate amongst that. Well, well, I don't know. But, but whatever. Either, either way. So, but, but getting to his point, my dad was in Booth Memorial Hospital two days ago in Queens, and they wanted to transfer him to Long Island Jewish in Queens, and he said no. I'm not going. I'm going to die there. And my mother was crying, and my sisters were crying. And I hate getting involved in all that stuff. I hate it because I'm not like that. I'm not, you know, the drama. I can't stand that stuff. So, but I did. I had to get involved because I had to call my father, say, Daddy, stop telling Mommy and, and uh, my crazy sisters that you're depressed and you want to die. Just stop. Where do you want to go? Well, I can't go to any one of these hospitals in Brooklyn or Queens, blah, 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 because they're going to kill me. I'm 87. I got heart issues. I had a stroke. I'm going to get the COVID. Dad, where do you want to go? I want to go to rehab in upstate New York. So yesterday, the ambulance came and took him to Liberty, New York, right outside White Lake Monticello, maybe 15 minutes away from where he lives. But he was terrified, like this caller just talked yes. about, about Un- going to another hospital in New York. Yes. Terrified. The way they've handled people, the elderly in this city, has was, was been a disgrace. We talk about Tuesday nights, happy days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Heart to Heart. How about this one? NYPD Blue. What a great theme song, David Caruso. Remember we saw Dennis Franz naked in the shower? We were like, oh my God, don't ever do that again. <laughs> they used to show his, his ass, Dennis Franz. It was a great cop show, it really was. And talking about great cop shows and great cops, we're blessed with that here in New York City. We love this guy. He's making a return appearance. He is the president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. His name is Ed Mullins. You can follow Eddie on Twitter at SBA underscore president, also at SBA NYPD. And we like Eddie because he's got a set of balls, bottom line. And uh, he doesn't care. He hates the mayor like we do. And he hates the way the cops are treated around here. And his job every single day, guys like him and Pat Lynch, are to make sure that the police uh, get the respect that they've earned and they are treated the right way. And that's what we need to do more of in this city. So with that said, here's our good buddy, Ed Mullins. Good morning, Ed. Hello, Ed. Good morning. How are you? Well, good. It's good to have you back, uh, Ed. And uh, before we get to this Garcia story, I, I do want to say that I, you know, I'm on the trains every day, as you know, Sid, uh, on that uh, one train. 
And uh, they shut it down last night. And I know 1,000 officers, some MTA guys as well, but mostly NYPD guys, down in those subways last night. I got to tell you, Eddie, 5 o'clock this morning, the train was on time. It was spotless. And I didn't see one homeless guy for the first time in four years on my car. So congratulations to the NYPD. Well, thank you. The question now is where did all those homeless people go? Where where did they go? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, they need to be institutionalized. They need to be gotten off the streets. Of course, the mayor's wife blew all that money to, to treat these people. We know that. And, uh, the, yeah, they're, 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 they spread out. They're, they're, they're sleeping under uh, uh, these, these um, what do you call these, these scaffoldings oh, or whatever. Okay. Under yeah, the, scaffold, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where they go, the cardboard boxes. And maybe they're, now they're back on the subways. It's 810 now. Maybe they're back oh, they're on. on a different train. Maybe they're just on a different train. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So, but the anyway, good. Is there's nowhere for them to go, and that's a big problem. The mental health in the city of New York is is failing, and you know this is not a police problem. This is a you know a social issue problem. It requires uh, you know professionals to you know help get these people. Um, somewhere back on track. I know, but you say it's not a police problem. I agree with you, and it would have been nice if this uh, mayor, this crook, and his dopey wife would have taken that billion dollars for Thrive and really made it work for some of these people. But being that they squandered the money away, we do need the cops' help now. I take the train every morning. I need your help. Yeah, well, and that's what's happening, is the mayor is using the NYPD to clean up all of the crap that he's created in the last six years. And, um, you know, most of it is not policing issues, but, you know, the NYPD is probably one of the most efficient agencies in the country. Um, as dysfunctional as we are at times, it is a very efficient agency in a sense that we're out there 24-7. We get a lot accomplished, and the talent pool of the police officers is incredible. I mean, we have diverse backgrounds with all kinds of talent. So, uh, Sergeant Ed Mullins from the uh, Sergeant's Benevolent Association on the Bernie and Sid Show on 77 WABC. Sergeant, the uh, this uh, officer Garcia, Francisco Garcia. I mean, in the wake of the disrespect that we saw over the summer, uh, perpetrated on this police department, where they had buckets of water put over their heads, and in some cases, they actually just slunk away. This guy actually stepped up. He was put in. They're put in a tough position, obviously, to enforce this social distancing. But while they were doing what they were doing, some dude approaches the fracas that was going on. And he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't comply. He wouldn't stand back. And he actually menaces and threatens the, this officer Garcia, who did the right thing, took him down, punched him around, and said, listen, punk, when I tell you what to do, you listen to me because we got an incident going on here. That's our opinion. He should receive the Medal of Freedom. Instead, the NYPD took his gun and put him on modified duty. Yeah, you know, this, this uh, incident, I know it's all over the news, uh, I think it's been prejudged. And I, I think if we just take a step back for a half a second and we look at, you know, the city of New York, the mayor is releasing criminals, hardcore criminals who go out and commit murders and rapes from the jail system back to the streets of the city of New York. And then he creates um, an executive order to force social distancing on the citizens of New York who are outstanding in public places. And, and I get the whole pandemic thing. But you cannot enforce laws that ultimately violate the Constitution. Now, in this particular case, you know, they, they had a previous incident at that location. These people are known to the police officers. They were told to move. 
they did move it first, and they came back a short time later. When they came back the second time, there was marijuana at the location, and an arrest was about to be made, and the female that we witnessed interferes in the arrest. Big mouth. The third person who we don't really see on camera until the actual arrest uh, takes place apparently is on body camera that none of us have been able to see, including the department brass, because there was a, a switchover of cameras the night that this happened. But apparently this individual clinched his fist and took a step toward the police officer Garcia. Now, we're all waiting to see what the outcome is of this body camera. But if we go back a week or two, we witnessed two officers in the subway system trying to arrest an individual, and a female police officer was kicked down onto the subway tracks. Yes. Yep. We've seen people getting hit with buckets of water. So is the mayor and the NYPD now setting a standard that a police officer has to be hit first before they're allowed to take action? Yeah. Because it, if yeah. that's what's coming out of this, no one should want to be a police officer in the city of New York. That's exactly we what they're don't doing. Have the back. Yeah. We do not have the back of this mayor. He's been consistent in only one aspect of holding City Hall as office, and that's being anti-police for the last Yeah, but anyway, we've known that all these years. So I was really hoping when Jimmy O'Neill, who really disappointed me, all my friends love Jimmy, Brooklyn guy, Marine Park, great cop. He was a de Blasio stooge. And something told me when DeMarche took over, he was going to be the same guy. But the first week or so, he spoke a little differently, acted a little differently. I know what the mayor is. He's been the same way for six years. But the biggest disappointment for me, Eddie, is that this DeMarche is Jimmy O'Neill squared. It's the same guy. Well, I got to be honest. I am absolutely no fan of Jimmy O'Neill. He was the worst police commissioner I've experienced in my 38 years in the NYPD. Um, you know, I, I can describe him nothing less than a coward for not having the ability to stand up to the mayor. I do believe that Commissioner Shea is trying to do what's right for the cops and balance, um, you know, his position and deal with City Hall. Um, you have to realize that there's two years left in his mayor's term. And I am watching very closely what occurred. But this idea of issuing orders, I mean, we have these orders coming out of Chief of Department's office. I mean, here's a guy who's Chief of Department who was sued by the city of New York, cost him like $16 million, and he's given orders to go out and violate the Constitution, to which he was sued for back during the RNC demonstration. Right, so I remember that. We're just following orders. And that's not a good excuse, because what happens is, the mayor leaves, the department breath leaves, and then the lawsuits start. And we've seen this happen with Scotty Park when Mayor Bloomberg was here. We've seen it happen with the RNC. They, they implement all of these orders. Then they leave, and the NYPD gets sued, and it's the cops who are behind who get blasted for it. Yeah. And it's just the wrong way to do it. This mayor is making the police the enemy of the communities. And we have spent years trying to build bridges to work with these communities. So now you decide that you're going to make us the enemy of the community? People have a right to be in the park. We, we have stores that are open where we go six feet apart. We, we, we have liquor stores where you can go to where they stand six feet apart. But you can't be out in a public place on your neighborhood street or in a neighborhood park on a beautiful day. Like, what's the end result of what we're dealing with right now? You know, we keep hearing about the pandemic. And people dying, dying, dying. You know, body counts in New York City were 700, 600 a day. Did 
We know what the difference is between the people that died of coronavirus and the people who may have committed suicide, got hit by a bus, fell off a roof, got hit by a bicycle. We don't know what the average everyday body count is in New York City. So was it only people who died of corona? We, we don't have answers to this right now. And this mayor hasn't delivered those answers. No, he has. He hasn't delivered a lot of things. Back to a Dermot Shea. At least he did say that a punch is not excessive force. But it isn't helpful when you have a guy like uh, he's the counterterrorism chief. John Miller goes on CBS News and he says that the videotape is disturbing. Now, he he went on to say other things, but, you know, that the news is going to just pick up the fact that he said it was disturbing and uh, and and portray it in a negative light. That's that's not very helpful. Well, listen, all of these these hierarchy brass people, they're all appointed and they're all sucking up to the mayor. And at the end of the day, no one's calling it the way it really is. We saw what happened with Danny Pantaleo. Everyone forgets that Danny Pantaleo was sent to that location to enforce loose cigarettes by the chief of department's office. Everyone forgets that the officer who was involved in this the other night, Officer Garcia, is out there enforcing social distance. Why? Because it's coming from City Hall. We painted his background across the newspapers that he's been sued. But we, we have no knowledge of what the prior arrests are of the people who were arrested that night. What's their criminal records? Or does that not have bearing to the type of people we're dealing with? Yeah, it should. You, you have to be fair along the way. And the one thing, for as much talent that this NYPD has, the one thing that we're lacking, we're lacking the balls of the upper brass to come out and defend the cops because they know exactly what these cops do on the street but they forget where they come from. Right. And that's the problem that we're yeah. dealing with every day. Well, that's what every I started, person right. in the NYPD wears a uniform, all run or, or work in sector cars throughout the city of New York. We all know what it's like to handle the radio runs, answer those calls, knock on doors, you know, take tactical uh, positions in the street. But these guys all forget where they come from because they're chasing promotions. And it's just the wrong way to do it. Yeah, and that's why I included Dermot saying that. I know you like, uh, like him more than Jimmy, but I think he's the same guy. That's O'Neill in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, listen, uh, excellent job. He is the president, once again, of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. He's been great on this show now twice. Ed, Mullen, Ed, uh, Ed Mullins, I should say. Eddie, great job. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stay safe and uh, enjoy life. You too. Yeah, we'll we talk will, again. Thank we'll you, do sir. it again. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Let's see here. He's back. There's our boy, Audie, in East Meadow, Strong Island. Good morning, Audie. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sid. How you guys doing? Hey, pal. Good. Hey, sorry. I lost your before. Hey, Fauci's compromised. There is, I saw something yesterday online where... Um, Judy Mikovic used to work under him, under his guidelines. Yeah, I saw that same thing. Yeah. But, but she was, she was tough on him, though. <laughs> she, I thought she was very credible. She was very even killed, thrown in jail for five years for what? She didn't know. Yeah. But it's been going around. She wrote the book, Plague, uh, uh, a Plague of Corruption, all about it. But these guys own patents. They own patents for vaccines and stuff. So the taxpayer, her point was the taxpayers. You know, pay all this money for these funds for exploratory vaccines and cures and everything else. But these guys like Fauci and the uh, head of CDC, they own patents for 
anything that comes from it, so they get royalties on it. So they compromise. There's a conflict of interest. You're right. Not only that, of course, the fact uh, remains we have it. Uh, we have many uh, audio tapes of Dr. Fauci being wrong, counseling everybody that don't worry about this. This is no big deal. Right up to uh, towards the end of February, he was saying that he was against the travel ban from China. Was Dr. Fauci, and plus. He's a good family friend of the Cuomos. Listen to him talking to uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN. I have spoken to you almost without exception every day. And you have been calling me out of personal concern to make sure that I'm okay, that my wife was okay, that my son was okay. 11 o'clock at night, later, waiting for my show to end, Saturday, Sunday morning, the rare time you have with your family. Why? The fact is... You were going through some difficult times. I don't think that the people who were seeing you on the show were really experiencing okay, uh, a real I can't, I can't take it. Give me so, a break. So there you go. He, no he's talking to a guy who broke the rules, who went out and infected his, not only his wife and his son, but God knows who else. No mask. Went out while he was sick, while he had the coronavirus. And uh, I'm sure Dr. Fauci didn't call him out on that stuff. Uh, listen, Plus, way, way before he did all of that, which is bad enough, Chris Cuomo revealed himself to be the biggest douchebag in the media way before COVID-19 became a household name. Way before. Yeah, so if Fauci liked him before, I still don't get it. And I don't think Fauci all of a sudden became friendly with Chris when COVID hit. If he's calling fake news and he's palling, uh, palling around with these uh, Trump-hating uh, lowlives, he's not a reliable guy. And plus, he was wrong. He was wrong on the China travel ban. The, the biggest decision that was made during this whole pandemic— the biggest life-saving decision, he was wrong on that and on everything else, by the way, until, until close to March. Then he started to get uh, religion. Yeah, but even then, he, you know, if you watch him, really, uh, and, and I'll take it to sports because that's my passion, he was saying last week that America needs baseball. And Randy Levine commented on this with me and Rudy on yes, Sunday. Yes, and he flip-flopped. Yeah, the next day he's like, but we, no, we're not, we can't do it. Well, well, which one is it, Ant? Buddy. The, how about Mike in Yankees? Is this... Uh, the same guy, Mike. Good morning to you. Hey, guys. Good morning. So I just came from a lumber store uh, in Yonkers, and they aren't allowing you inside. They're only serving you from outside. I just needed some sandpaper for a project. So I went up to the table far removed from the person behind it, and I was asked to go put a mask on for fear that I could infect some of the people behind the, uh, the table. And and then I talked to someone else there. They said, no, nah, they're just concerned they might get a fine. I mean, these are the times we're living in that we're outside, so far removed from each other, that I was asked to put a mask so I wouldn't be able to purchase sandpaper. I know the lumber yard. That's on uh, Sawmill River Road, probably, right? Longwood? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's over there. You know, I, I don't, look, they're suffering enough from You don't want to mention That's a nice year. That's a nice year. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's what they're doing, the tyrants, to us. They're ignoring the science. And they're imposing their uh, fascistic uh, beliefs, their fascistic will, I should say, on us by ignoring the science and, 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 and exercising power and control over you and your behavior. Now, what they do now is so we went to PNC Bank a couple of days ago, opened up an account, and they actually put a partition. If you go into the office, not the teller, you go into the office, you want to meet with somebody about your account, they bring in a partition in between me and you while you're sitting at that person's desk. Now, further that. I spoke to Arthur Idala yesterday, who, by the way, is doing no business. He's in the Hamptons. He's doing nothing. But he's not, he's, he's not breaking the laws like George Sepinopoulos or Chris Cuomo. He's doing the right thing in the Hamptons. And he said what they're saying is uh, trials that need a jury were a long way off from that 
because you can't put 12 people next to each other. And you can't have these people in direct contact with attorneys and defendants and blah, blah, blah. So now they're talking about having partitions eventually in between the jury and the folks <sighs> in the court. You, you hear this, Bernie? Uh, Do you believe much. what's just, going just, on just, here? Just, just look, Is this look. not complete nonsense? We flattened the curve. Uh, yeah, yeah, we slowed yeah, yeah. the spread. We avoided the crisis in the hospitals. Let's get on with life, please. Let's get on with it. Well, let's protect the vulnerable and let's get back to work, please. Back One of my favorite groups, Oasis. This is Wonderwall at 8.40 on your Wednesday morning. Back on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. An hour from now, award-winning New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin set to join us. And Goodwin opens up a can of whoop-ass on this governor this morning about all the nursing home deaths. So we've got a caller on line four, and uh, she's in Queens. And she wants to talk about Matilda's Law, which uh, this creep Cuomo put into place right before he uh, allowed people to go and die in nursing homes all over the state. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning. Well, I just wanted to bring to your attention, because I haven't heard you speak about this, on March 20, he passed um, Andrew, Chris, I mean, Andrew Cuomo passed Matilda's Law in honor of elderly mother. So that when people go into elderly people's homes that could be vulnerable, that they should be taking their temperatures and wearing masks. So this was on March 20th, and then five days later, we have that health department's mandate. So I just... His mandate. Wanted, I'm sorry, the yeah, health... Yeah, the health care mandate, that was his mandate. His, his and right, his, uh, right, and his health okay, commissioner. Right, right, right. This was five days after he passed Matilda's law yeah. in honor of his mother. Yeah, no, he's a hypocrite. He's a liar. He's a murderer. And he knew with the, the vulnerability of the elderly population, uh, Governor DeSantis handled it properly. He did not. He did the exact opposite. He was very callous. He said, he said to the hospitals, send those COVID-infected uh, elderly people back to the nursing home. That's right. He ordered them to do it. Yes. No, he did. And, uh, again, Michael Goodwin really exposes him today in today's New York Post, as we've done time and time again. And Goodwin is set to join us in less than an hour. So I took a walk yesterday on Broadway, went to the cleaners, had to drop off some, some dry cleaning. And right next door to the dry cleaner is my, uh, the place I go to often, Cafe du Soleil. And you and I become friendly with the chef. Robert Parchment there called in a lot during the France-Croatia World Cup big battle. He did. He listens to us every morning from his trip from Staten Island into the Upper West Side in New York City. And he's got some good news, I guess, about sort of reopening. Here's our good buddy, Chef Robert, on line one. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay, pal. You look great. I saw you yesterday. You look great. <laughs> right? Uh, after the, all this quarantine, man, I, I, I got to get up, you know? <laughs> I know. And I don't, think, I don't believe I practiced the, uh, the correct social distancing because you rolled down the window and we shook hands. <laughs> Not cool. I, I know. I was like, screaming, where's your mask? <laughs> this guy your have ma- no mask. <laughs> of course not. Mask. Come on. No shirt, no mask, nothing. No shirt, no mask. Oh, my God. So you guys are set to uh, reopen. What's the deal there? Yes, we are going to open for the, you know, just take out and pick up. And See, that's, up. that's no good. Bernie and I were talking about this, and Bernie <laughs> said the same thing. Yeah. I know the owner of your restaurant. He's a great guy, you know, yeah. out of France. Yeah. Show some balls. Don't just open for delivery. Open up. Put your tables five or ten feet apart. You know, Mac, you take your capacity, cut it yeah. in half, and screw the city and open up. Put them, uh, yeah. put them out in the street. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you, you know, you, you know where, who's up there, right? They're going to close us down. You can't have them, you know? They're going to shut you down. Look what the cops are doing. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And you, that. Gotta, you, you do serve liquor, right? 
going to serve liquor. Too, you're not going to take not away gonna, a license. You're not thinking of drinking, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. They, but they, no, uh, you know what? But they will take away your liquor license. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. what they do, these bastards. Exactly. So yeah. you know, we have to be we have to be careful. You know. All right. So it's easy to tough talk, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not yeah. my money. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, well, listen. When you open up, uh, maybe you'll make uh, lunch or something, a breakfast for the Bernie and Sitcho. How about that? Uh, sure, of course. You know, right. Bernie, is Bernie going to come up? No chance. <laughs> you never know. I make I make him up for a nice lunch. Maybe for a nice lunch. We'll to, come to meet, to meet a nice guy like Chef Rob. Right, and he makes a very good. You like a, a nice like a chicken Caesar steak of salad. Course, I like anything. All right, yeah. Rob, we're gonna come see you, okay, pal? You right. know, anything is possible. You know. All right, buddy. You be well. Uh, thank you for calling in. Good to see you. One yesterday. love, yo. One, one love. love. All right, one thank love. you. Thank you. All right, let's go to our line five. Carmine is in New Jersey. Where in New Jersey are you, Carmine? Hi, good morning, guys. Hi. Listen. We're in New Jersey. My, Where are you in New Jersey? What part? We are in Farmingdale. Farmingdale, okay. Yeah, nice little town, secluded, 1,300 people. Where's that by? But, What's a more very, popular but, town? Uh, well, it's near Manasquan. Okay, sure. Yep. Free Hole. Yep. Yeah, the home of Bruce Springsteen and, and Great Adventure. Yes, I see there him quite oh. often around, you know? Yes. Nice. Anyway, before I get to my one... Good point. Uh, I, I want to tell you that the weekends are terrible without you two guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, today's Saturday. No Bernie and Sid. No. Nope. Nothing. So, nice to see anyway, you. Anyway, he, here's you. my point about the police. I'd love to get, it, get this out to the listeners. Uh, the city tells the police officers, keep rules and regulations. Okay. Person does not comply with the police. So what does the police officer do? You now put him on the defense. He is defending himself and his gun. So you're putting this man on the defense, and if the officer has to take a punch first, you're allowing the perp to take the officer's gun, shoot the officer, and maybe other people in the area. It, it, it's right. totally ridiculous. And, and, and as uh, Dermot Chase said, punching is not excessive force. It is uh, an allowable technique, an allowable tactic for the police to use. So when that cop did what he did, when uh, uh, Officer Garcia, Francisco Garcia, did what he did the other day in Brooklyn, he was following the book. Yeah. He was going by the book. That guy would not comply. That guy would not back up. And then he got into a fighting stance. And that's why you heard the officer say in the videotape, why are you flexing? Why are you flexing? And then he gets all up in his mush. And that's when the cop hit him. And he should have hit him. The only thing I can think of, because punching is, is okay in that situation, that's what Dermache said, was that maybe they didn't feel like he de-escalated the situation enough. Because otherwise, it was right by the ball. It, it, you know, it happened in a split second. Mm-hmm. What's he going to The guy wouldn't stop coming at him. And so he, he had to tackle him, and he kept telling him, go back, back up, back to F up, back to F up. You heard him uh, ten times say it, yeah. and the guy kept coming at him. And so, and after, in the wake of the disrespect that was shown, which emboldened people like this guy, nothing's going to happen to me. And the cops slunk away after they got the water buckets thrown on oh, their head. Yeah, yeah. This guy actually, he did what, he, what a of cop course. should do. You got to demand respect. That's how you get it. And then you hear the, these a-holes in the background like this screaming banjo lady. Oh, he didn't do nothing. Oh, he didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he didn't listen. He didn't comply. If you don't comply, you might die. Plus, plus he came back 
in a heated situation with illegal, including marijuana stuff going on. He didn't come back there just to see what was going on. He was a troublemaker. So well, he got what he deserved. He, he might have been just a, uh, a passerby. I don't think so. I think Mullen said that he came back. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Who maybe. cares? Who he got his the you, that, that's the other thing. You don't see the uh, beginning of the video. No, maybe. you don't. No. Um, Billy is in Queens, line six. Good morning, Bill. How are you, buddy? Yeah, how how are you doing? Good, man. I want to talk about Dr. Fauci. You know, uh, sometimes when you want to know what's going on in, in somebody's head, you go back to their youth. Right. And he's from Brooklyn. He's Italian. He was a point guard. Yes. You know, from my experience, those guys are always playing the angle. <laughs> think, think about think about Frank Alasia with an un, 180 IQ, and you got Fauci. Yeah, no, it's a good point. They do play the angles, and they're usually pretty smart. They distribute. You know, listen, they know they know how to handle, and uh, that's what Doctor Fauci's supposed he, to do. He's a very smart guy, and uh, I would say, uh, and otherwise, a man with integrity. He went to St. Regis High School on a scholarship in Manhattan here, which is. Uh, a very difficult thing to do. I mean, to come out of Brooklyn and to do that, his accomplishments are great. Mike Breen loves him. And, 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 and listen, America loves him. But the fact that America the loves well, him, I, I know, but the, <laughs> it, he was wrong. He was wrong about the coronavirus for a long time. He was wrong about the travel ban. He was wrong, wrong, wrong. And now he's cozying up to CNN, uh, Trump-hating CNN and, and Cuomo. He's been doing that for weeks. I know, but, but to, to do that now at this time, to be calling uh, Chris Cuomo uh, while he's not following the rules, that you, the guidelines that you set out about social distancing and wearing masks. I think he's doing what he's always done. I think now you're just coming to see it more because a lot of people thought he was and, Trump's guy. He's not say, Trump's guy. One more thing. Uh, back during the Reagan administration, he was an enemy. He was the devil because he wouldn't allow drugs to to be used on people dying of aids yeah he wanted to do the clinical trials he was like no we gotta wait for the clinical trials on these drugs and they were like they called reagan and fauci the gay killers and so he was uh, he was the enemy he was the devil back then but now 20 20 or 30 years later He's the darling because he goes against President Trump on occasion. Right. Well, he's, he's, he's actually the devil because both sides don't like him. Trump's side doesn't like him because they feel like he, he's a fraud. And the other side doesn't like him because he's on stage with Trump. He, I don't think anybody Listen, likes him. We could play the tapes uh, till the cows come home of him saying, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine out there right up until almost March. Yeah. He was saying that. Yeah, but so did the president. Here's Steve on time. No, the, he the president did not listen to him when he said, don't do the travel ban no, to didn't. China. No, he didn't. The president said, you know what, Dr. Fauci? I'm going to do the travel ban to China. Thank God he did. Steve is on Staten Island Line 3. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Good show, as always, fellas. Uh, Sid, real quick, uh, before I get to my point, I'm a diehard Dodger fan. You're right. Mays was the best I've ever seen by far. Best by now, far? Wow. No, I, I believe me. And you saw you opinion. saw Mickey, and you saw I Bonds, saw them all, and all. Okay. saw them all in person. Yep. Uh, we can go on about. Just take. That's my opinion. I'm a Dodger fan. We hate the Giants. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, you hate me. Beat them every time. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I've been doing my little research on this, uh, Doctor Fauci. Uh, you know, does not discount his intelligence, but uh, I predict that the public is going to find out that he's more of a fraud than legit. There's too many red flags. Uh, you give, give, us, give us one specific example. One specific uh, well-known uh, AIDS uh, doctor, well-known Dr. Judy Markowitz says, quote, he should be arrested for treason. Yeah, I saw that right? yesterday. Uh, She's and, killing him. Uh, he's, he's too associated with Bill Gates. It's, there's too many red flags there. You know, everybody left Cosby for 25 years until they found out what he was <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, that's a great call. And I did see this uh, Judy thing yesterday. My dear friend, Tina Iovine, Joseph Iovine, 
Yes, yes, the guy who you emulated. That's right. Uh, his wife sent it to me because she loves this show, and she's a huge Trump supporter. And she's a Trump supporter who thinks, like this guy, Fauci's a bad guy. And this, this lady, Markovitz, is a little bit of a weasel. She savaged him. She just savaged him. You mean the New York Post lady? Uh, no, no, not Carol Markovitz. This, this author, Judy. Mc- oh, oh, right, 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 right. This lady they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that, that, the that ex- was She's exposing about. him every single day. So, he was born on a summer day, nineteen I love this. This is you, Sid. Excitable boy. I love this. Uh, not excitable boy. Uh, I would disagree. This is the uh, the great Andrew Gold. Lonely boy. Lonely boy. I'm not a lonely boy. Got too many friends. Sing at this part. Get bunny jump. Come on, I'm waiting for it. Louisa's listening. Good morning, Louisa. Nobody's fool. Oh, oh, what a lonely boy. We played this. Coming off from Breezy Point on Saturday. Avon Gabe was screaming it. It's great, right? Well, you know, she's 16, he's 11. They know every word. It's not funny Good. when, when That's like great. little kids know stuff from Listen, prior. This song was made in like 1970. Little Bro, Little Bros, you would know 75. I got to tell you, my kids know. They, they know Mozart. They yeah. know. They know uh, the, all the uh, mob hits. See the Mozart stuff. That's gone though. Well, I played. It. I used sucks. to play it when they were young. When no, they, I know. Like, I st- when they were toddlers, I still love it. Like the like the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yes. Mozart did did it in a, a different fashion. No, of but course. even the real stuff, Beethoven, Mozart. I don't know if that's. When I was a kid, a little older than your kids, that was still around. You know, people still listen yeah. to classical music. I don't know if they do anymore. And that, that's great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yes. Mob hits, Frank Sinatra, Dean uh, Martin, yeah. all those things. Yeah. They know it all because of uh, me playing it in, in the car. Yeah. Instead of playing what they wanted to hear. Yes. And they got familiar with it. They like it, and they know it now. It still turns into a huge fight every trip. It's so annoying. I tell you, it ain't easy. Oh, Ava. Uh, so let me play. You get to play three songs. Gabe picks a song. Ava picks a song. And inevitably, every song my daughter puts on has the N-word in it. Every, every song. I know the songs today are horrendous. The girls will grow out of that stage. My daughter was into it. She'd go in and take a shower, and uh, she'd be blasting, you know, hood music. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> It's just, you know, this nice girl that goes to Catholic school, and she's playing this uh, mf you know, all this nasty, nasty stuff. I'm like, this is my little daughter's listening to this stuff? I know. Yeah. All these Catholic school girls. Oh, they're the worst. I know, but they, they, but they, they grow out of it. Didn't Billy Joel write that song? They grow out of it. I don't know. Catholic girls start much too late, uh, but sooner stop, or later stop, it comes stop, down stop, to fate. I might as well be the one. Only the good die young. Now Thank listen. You. Good night. Speaking Drive of uh, the good die young, this is why this guy's going to live to be in a, a ripe old age. Anthony Fauci? Bill de Blasio. Oh, worse. Uh, Deb just played a clip, which uh, struck me as um, th- this guy talking out of both sides of his mouth. This is what he said yesterday about Officer Francisco Garcia. This is what he said yesterday. Prejudged the case. And we saw the videotape. That guy was menacing a cop. He wouldn't comply, wouldn't step back from uh, a police incident. That, he, that they were trying to uh, get under control. And he had, a, uh, he had to teach the guy some lesson. So he teach him some matters. You know what I mean? This is how you respect a cop. And if you don't, you get this. And that's the way it should be. He did the right thing. And Dermot Shea said that uh, throwing punches is not excessive force. Well, this is what uh, de Blasio, this uh, creep, this mutt, 
Bolshevik Bill de Blasio said yesterday. The video was very troubling. What I saw was absolutely unacceptable, and obviously uh, discipline was swift by the NYPD. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It was all con- it was swift. All con- condemnation of the cop. All condemnation. And then, of course, uh, people like you and I and, and, and Sergeant uh, Mullins and everybody else will start saying, now, wait a second. No, hold on. We just went through a summer of disrespect towards the cops where they got the water put on their heads, they slunk away with their heads down, didn't do a damn thing. And, of course, the brass doesn't back them up. Nope. Uh, it's bad. And well, we got to turn that, that we got to turn that around. That's the best of it is that they got water thrown on them. You know, Bill de Blasio talks about acting swiftly. In the four years I've been back, only four years, how many times did the officer not act swiftly because he was terrified what the department or yeah. mayor would do and ended up dead? We had a guy Forget about water over dead. the winter. We had a guy in the Bronx in the Edenwald projects. Uh, that was one, one case right there. But uh, de Blasio yesterday striking a different note. What New Yorkers need to do is respect the NYPD as well and respect instructions and certainly never, ever fight with an NYPD officer. That is not acceptable. That's what you should have said yesterday, schmuck. See what I'm saying? Uri is in Brooklyn. Good morning to you, Uri. Hello? Yeah, uh, I'm on? Yeah, you're on. Okay, I want want to say all you people that enable, uh, all you people that enable Garcia, that basically said he did the right thing, all you're doing is enabling a thug to continue his criminal act. Well, you know what? You know, you know, I don't know. Listen, I know what you're saying. Excuse me, Ari. The thug was the guy that wouldn't comply. So I would say this: the only thing that disappoints me. (laughs) I mean, we can't have a debate with a guy. Debate when you come on and start calling. You called him a thug. He's a he's a cop. He's out there protecting idiots like you, Yuri. When your when your window breaks at three o'clock in the morning, and Francisco Garcia shows up, you're gonna give him a piece of cake and a glass of Manischewitz. You tough-talking jerk. You idiot. I mean, the cops, are, are, they call them the thin blue line because they are the line between us and anarchy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And when he, if you disrespect a cop, if a cops are rendered uh, uh, neutered, if they're neutered by, uh, by punks and thugs on the streets, as a society, we collapse. Yeah, no, no, we got to protect them. We need can't. to respect. We need to have these thugs, these people on the street, and people who are not even thugs. Everybody has to respect the cops. They're not, all, respect at all. they're not all saints. But when you see an incident going down and a guy tells you to stand back, you stand the hell back. Hey, Michael, and, don't, and don't get all up in his face. So Michael Brown did. And then we had this ridiculous thing in Ferguson, Missouri, all because Michael Brown, you want to talk about thug, he was a thug. All because he decided not, not to comply, and, and that poor officer's life has been ruined, and they burned down the city, and it's really started all of the racial divide. Nothing to do with Donald Trump, folks. Wake up, okay? Blue, uh, Black Lives Matter, Ferguson, Missouri, Freddie Gray in Baltimore, all that was under the leadership of a black man, all Barack the, Obama. All, all the, the racial division all and the it. riots and all, all that of stuff, it. Right. it happened under Obama. The hands up, don't shoot hoax was exacerbated. Yeah, the hoax, Obama. it was a hoax. Yeah, it was Obama. It was, it was he, exacerbated was by Obama, Russell Holder as attorney general, yeah. by LeBron James, and the CNN, the media. No, remember the, remember, the, remember the, the picture of, all, uh, of the whole panel with uh, the uh, hands uh, up? Uh, and, and, Hands up, don't shoot. And who more than Colin Kaepernick? So, Yuri, what you should do is instead of calling Bernie and I to complain, you should text Colin, 
and uh, meet him for lunch. You that, may as well. Listen. And he'll, he'll be happy to sit there with you and berate Officer Garcia all you want. Francisco Garcia deserves the Medal of Freedom. Absolutely. He did what the cops should do. Yep. Is, uh, is uh, show a pair of onions and take care of these people. If they don't listen, that's what you have to do to them. You can't just ask them, please, can you step back? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I Knock them out. And worry about cell phones. Forget that. Call is on Long Island. Good morning, call. Hey, good morning, guys. Sid, you're more than welcome in Long Island, but I'm trying to get the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone, Carl, but thank you. Yeah, I'm a retired police officer, and to hear all this crap about the Blasio thing disturbing and the other, or troubling, it's a joke. I was walking a beat one night, and I heard a woman scream, and I was by myself, and I'm walking down the block, I see this guy running towards me, I grab him, the woman happened to show up who's you know, her blouse was torn and everything and said that oh, the guy man. followed her off the train mm. and sexually assaulted her in an alley. Well, this guy wouldn't comply, so I did what I had to do with my fist. My man. And thank, and, well, thank God, because I couldn't get to my cuffs, you know, because it was an all-out fist fight. Thank God somebody saw her and called the cavalry for me. But right. uh, this about defending it. Every cop has the right to defend themselves when they're putting placing somebody under arrest. Well, Carl, thank you for what you did, your service, and uh, thank God for men like you. Yes. I, I, I tell you, if I was a police officer and I took the test and I opted to stay in radio, I, I passed the test, I was good to go, but uh, I, I de- declined it. I think I would have been in prison right now. Oh, no doubt. Because I could not control myself no. with these animals. No, I agree. Uh, the Haskell family is a great New York family, all cops. In fact, I think two of them died 9-11. told you I met this uh, one of them. Timmy in the parking lot at MCU Park last year doing the 9-11 tribute. With, uh, yes, yes, yes. He, uh, he's texting, and he says, another brilliant show. Thank God for you and Bernie with a thumbs up, a picture of a cop, and the American flag. Hot town, summer in the city. Back yep. Michael Goodwin said to join us in about now, 10 minutes. Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. So I brought up uh, Manhasset. Some caller did. Here's a big fan of the show, Lisa Ganji. Lisa Ganji's got a very important position in terms of, um, what the hell does she do again? It's um, Nassau and Suffolk County. She's, like, in charge of, like, all the, um, she goes to all the murder scenes. She's, like, a uh, An investigator. CSI investigator. Very, very nice, very important job. Very important job. So she goes, uh, good morning, Sid. Since you just spoke about Manhasset, I live off of Shelter Rock Road in Roslyn. A few years ago, I was at King Cullen in Manhasset, and Mike Francesa was in the produce department. I said hi to him, and I was, uh, I was a fan of his. He gave me a nasty look and walked away. From that day on, I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really surprised? That's not the mic that we know. Yeah, that is the mic we know. It is? Yeah. They actually had him on the, um, the Michael Jordan documentary the other night. He was on. Yep. They're like, and all the New York sports shows were talking about Michael Jordan gambling in Atlantic City and, and, and showing up late for that game uh, two of the Eastern Conference Finals in 93 against the Knicks. And they show Francesa, like long hair. Oh, from that time. At the FBN Studios. Yeah, yeah, not dog, just Mike. Uh, that was before, it was pre-Russo. Uh, 93? No, 93. No. No, 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 what am I talking about? Dog was there, but they just showed Mike. That's right. They showed Mike talking about Jordan. He got it wrong, oh. which Phil Mushtick pointed out once. Well, speaking of which, uh, let me just say this. Uh, Russ Salzberg, he's got a new podcast. Oh, get, the great Russ. Get, get a load of this, and this is all about uh, going forward. How does the NBA now deal with China? And his big guest is Yao Ming. 
Oh, it's a great guess. On the uh, when you Ru- say big guess, you mean literally because he's eight feet tall, or literally? Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, Russ's podcast. Get a load of this about the NBA in China. Well, Adam Silver's got a big problem there. They make yeah. a lot of money. We've been over this before with the Dallas, uh, excuse me, the Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey. The whole thing he caused with the Hong Kong protesters. Oh, this is uh, on an order of magnitude, uh, twenty times, the fifty, a hundred times bigger than uh, it was back then with the Hong Kong protests. I would agree. Hey, we're going to talk to Michael Goodwin. He's got a column today. He just savages, and deservedly so, in great detail, Andrew Cuomo, how he's allowing, not only allowing, but he's put together this this law, basically, that uh, has these elderly people going back to nursing homes where they eventually die. He's what, killed what, thousands of people. March 25th, and it's still in effect. Still in effect. Here's Pete in Brooklyn. Wants to talk about some of that. Line three. Good morning, Pete. Hey guys, how you doing? Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. I'm, I I can't get it, man. Cuomo, these people that in this love affair with Cuomo is just disgusting to me. And these women that are like Google Gaga all over this. Guy. Well, you got to be it's careful. Like, women also used to send thousands of letters to people like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer in prison. It's it's really sickening. But listen, something yesterday he said. He keeps talking about how the money that we sent to Washington, we don't get it back. We get a fraction of it back. Using that philosophy. That's the same thing as saying that Rockland County and Westchester County, they're not getting back the money they pay into state income taxes. A lot of that money goes to these poor neighborhoods. So is Cuomo going to use that same philosophy when it comes to the people of New York State? Right. He is the, uh, him and his party, they're the kings of redistribution of wealth, except when it works against them. Then they don't like that concept. But with the nursing homes, I will say this one question, uh, one issue, which is the Albany Press Corps. I mean, they ask him about the nursing homes, but they don't press them. They don't press them, why did you do this, knowing that the elderly population was so vulnerable? They just let them go ramble on and on. They don't ask them, why didn't you put them in the Javits home? Why didn't you put them in the uh, the USNS Comfort? They just let them ramble. Do, do you feel like you have blood on your hands, as you've been accused of? You know, as they would do President Trump all the time, getting in his face, interrupting him. They ask one question and sit back like the obsequious little sheep they are. Hmm. It really is. Uh, it's annoying. I mean, uh, we need answers. And they let him They ask one simple question and he rambles on for a minute, gives a, a non-answer, blames the nursing homes, and it's on to the next thing. All right. Well, Michael Goodwin's going to expose him very, very shortly. Joe in Brooklyn, line five. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Two things. Number one, there's no such thing as Brooklyn. It's either Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Bensonhurst, Canarsie. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I grew up in Sheepshead Bay, and I'm more Brooklyn than anybody you know. Trust me. Sheepshead Bay? Damn right. It was Midwood. Yeah, but Sheepshead Bay is part of the Midwood section. So just find out where Fauci came from. Where's he from? Brooklyn. Where's he from? And and the other thing is, with the police department, 1962, I was blessed to be put on the tactical patrol force, uh, 240 men. When they entered the neighborhood, everything went dead mm. because it was a pair of guys six feet, all in uniform. Yeah. No better. Joe, you sound like a real tough guy. I think I like you. Uh, listen, and thank you for what thank you did you, over the years. I like this guy. Yeah, I like him a lot. Tough guy. I mean, he's wrong about Brooklyn. I mean, you, got, you, got, you, didn't, you didn't mention uh, Chiefs at Bay, but I like him. I like this guy. Of course. This guy beats some ass. We, we send the cops in the neighborhood. They were all six foot tall. Now... I mean, it's true. I hate to say it. Some of these cops, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them are women. I mean, oh, they, you didn't do that. Now, listen, did excuse you? me, but I mean, uh, how is a, a five foot two a woman 
gonna gonna go up against some six foot three, uh, you know, I'll tell you ex inmate. You want to know how? She's got a gun. <laughs> no, but she doesn't use it. No, I'm with you. That's like the last. No, I'm with you. The last. Uh, the last thing they use. The last. You don't know what I've seen lately. Resort. Besides women, I, I happen to agree with you. But besides women, I see a lot of cops that are like heavy. And I don't know, like if I'm, you know, in a foot race with some of these heavy, they're not going to catch me. Like to be honest, they're fat. How does a don't they have to go through like a very yeah, rigorous yeah, no, test? No, they do initially, and then they let it lapse. Is that what it is? And then then there's no more. I'm seeing a lot of fat cops lately. Yeah, we, we got to have, come on, we got to have some, <laughs> we, we got to have those like Navy SEAL like yes! uh, mean dudes. But first of all, you got to pay them more. You got to pay the cops more. They get great uh, benefits and a great retirement package, but you got to pay them a little more as Ag- well. Agreed. You can't live on, uh, you know, 45 grand a year, for no. God's sake. Well, I mean, plus the money you take from the drug dealers when you take their drugs and their cash and not give well, it that, back. Well, that's another reason, that's an incentive to become corrupt. <laughs> Pay the cops. You're right. And, Don't give and, them incentives and, to do that. And then and, and build uh, like a police force gym. They should do that. Right. No, so you can't do that now. With heavy bags. Can't do it. What happened? Social distancing. Although wow. I got to tell you, when I see the cops downstairs at Penn Station, they're all bunched together. You notice that? Five or six. Yeah, they're wearing masks, but... Uh, Not all of them. Either way. But they're, they're, they're police. They're doing what they have to do. Okay, fair enough. They're, they're, they're taking risks for you. For, for me? Your, for your safety. That's you better right. cut that out. I'm taking risks for them. I don't have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Goodwin is coming up next. Andrew Cuomo, what a creep. (laughs) Steve Martin, King Tut? That's out of left field. (laughs) I love this song. A blast from the past. What is the... uh, Reference to Michael Goodwin, what's the significance, what's the correlation? Honestly, I uh, was just running a little behind and had a place. I thought like, maybe you know, my Michael Goodwin's favorite comedic actor was Steve Martin or something. No, no but this know. is, I mean, geez, uh, comedians. Uh, Steve Martin, they don't make them like him anymore. Well, let us uh, segue to a very, very serious topic. And a, uh, one of the best, about the best columnist in New York City of, of all the papers. The New York Post, the best paper by far. Michael Goodwin used to write for the New York Times. He won a Pulitzer Prize. And he now writes for the New York Post. He's fantastic. And he's been all over Governor Cuomo and this horrific nursing home scandal. It's just a really, really a, a, an awful, awful story. And it's being eclipsed, blocked out by the local news media, by the national news media. Nobody is covering it. Michael Goodwin is covering it. Good morning to you, Michael. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you. How are you? Well, so far, so good. Right. One day at a time. Do you, do you love Steve Morton? Anything behind that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get I, to the... I used to think he was re- really was the most hilarious man on earth. But, oh, really? Uh, that... <laughs> he was. Now, he's aged, but he's, uh, he's still a funny guy. I saw him on uh, Jerry Seinfeld, comedian in cars getting coffee. He's still funny. But this Governor Cuomo thing that you write about, the, the, it's entitled, The Nursing Home Disaster is on You, Governor Cuomo. That's what you write. Tell us about it, uh, Michael Goodwin. Well, uh, back on March 25th, and, and that seems like a long time ago now, but just to put that in context, we knew, uh, everyone knew, that the vulnerable population was in nursing homes. Don't forget, the first big outbreak in America was in a nursing home in the state of Washington. So it was very clear that nursing homes, the elderly, people with underlying health conditions besides age, they were the ones who were dying in Italy and Spain, uh, so we knew they were the most vulnerable. The governor himself talked about them being the most vulnerable po- population. And yet, 
Nonetheless, on March 25th, the State Department of Health put out uh, an order to nursing homes and rehabilitation centers that they must, must admit or readmit any COVID-19 patients and uh, they could they, uh, they could reject them. It didn't say this, but it's basically you can't reject them solely on the basis of their being positive for the virus. And you can't even ask them or ask their physicians if they've been tested or if they're positive. So it was effectively sight unseen. You have to take these patients. Right. Oh, and by the way, the, that begins tomorrow. Immediately, yes. Yeah, so there was no time to prepare. And so don't forget, at that period, there had been a ban on visitors to nursing homes. So families were not allowed in, but the infected patients were forced Jeez. in. And so we now have thousands and thousands of dead people in nursing homes all around New York State. And that order is still in effect. Those people are still being taken into those nursing homes, and still the families are not allowed in. I mean, it, it is perhaps the dumbest thing government has ever done. Oh, I, uh, I, I wouldn't even use the word dumb. That, I would say the meanest, most disgusting, it, it, it's, callous, it's, it's, it's crime. murderous. I mean, dumb is being really, really nice. And I got to tell you, and again, Bernie uh, talked about the title of your column here, Mike, Gov plays dumb as seniors die. If he wanted to initially pull the wool over our eyes and act dumb, which, by the way, he, he can do in this city because so many folks love him that they're okay with it. At this point, as much as we know now, he really can't act dumb any more, anymore. Why not just stop it right now before a few more thousand die? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a great question, and I wish I had the answer. Uh, but I think the obvious conclusion we draw from his failure to do that is that he does not yet own the mistake. He's talked all around it. He's threatened the nursing home owners. He's talked about, you know, charging them with perjury, taking away their license, meaning their livelihoods, all kinds of things. But he has never admitted the mistake was, that the order, the March 25th order, was a mistake, and it's still in effect. Now, yesterday he talked about, well, if they don't, if they can't take care of them, they should just tell us. No, 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 that's not what the order says. Right. The order doesn't give them any way out. And so if he wants to change the order, then he should change the order. Then we would know he is acknowledging his mistake. But he can't do that because Andrew Cuomo never makes a mistake. No, you're right about that. And you, put, you actually put the paragraph in your columns so people should go to uh, NewYorkPost.com or buy the paper and read it, uh, the column, the, the directive that orders this, this fatal fatal uh, decision on the part of the, the Cuomo's Department of Health to reverse it, you're right, would be admi an admission of guilt. But Cuomo's uh, act, I don't know, I wasn't aware of this. You write this, quote, you don't have the luxury of not knowing, unquote. And that's so true. I mean, you, you're supposed, he's the guy, as you point out, that micromanages everything, and he claims now he doesn't know? Yes. I mean, he's, he's, now, he's now pulled the same answer twice. I don't know. Gee, I don't know about that. And he turns to an aide for an answer to these questions. It's his government. It's his Department of Health. He has defended that order. And yesterday, the, the question was about the, uh, uh, the addition of 1,700 new deaths to the nursing home total. 
Oh, I don't know much about yeah. that, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, Governor. 1,700 people died, and you brush it off as though it's insignificant? You know, when you look at it, guys, that at least a quarter of the people who have died in New York so far have died in nursing homes and rehabilitation centers where the sick people were sent. Mm-hmm. A quarter. Now, l- let's assume that never happened and that those people never died. We would be talking about a whole different issue in terms of the virus right now, that deaths would be dramatically lower. Instead, New York is the epicenter. Now, there are various causes for that, the epidemiologists believe, but they're not all, so it's not all about the nursing home. But the death totals are so driven by the nursing homes that had that policy not been uh, in effect, we would have a whole different, much lower death total right now. The whole city, I think, and the whole state would feel that it's not the death sentence that it appears to be, but for the elderly it is, and the governor needs to fix this. Award-winning columnist Michael Goodwin, New York Post. You can follow Mike on Twitter. He's a very good Twitter follow, mgoodwin underscore at New York Post. You know, listen, I was in Miami, to take it to sports for a second, Mike, when, uh, when uh, Nick Saban stood in front of me and the rest of the press and said, basically read my lips like Bush, I am not leaving Miami. I'm the Dolphins coach. I don't want the job in Alabama. 24 hours later, he was in Tuscaloosa. As you know, you're laughing. It wasn't a day he was at Alabama. And I know this governor says time and time again, I'm the governor. I don't want to be president. But I also know he's aware of the fact that 56% of Democrats polled last week would rather see him as the guy going against Donald Trump than Joe Biden. And I have to ask you this question. If he really has designs, even if he won't admit it, on something as big as the presidency, He's got to know something like this is going to kill him, kill him. Why would he allow this to happen? What would be the motivation? If you have to admit you made a mistake to win the presidency, you got to do that. You know, um, I, I used to uh, know Andrew Cuomo pretty well. Uh, we used to talk a lot. We don't, we don't, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I, I always found him to be an honest guy in, in many ways, I think, for a politician. We have to qualify it. Uh, I, I think he was sincere. For example, when he started the uh, the help thing to help the homeless, I think he was he was a, a real centrist Democrat who talked about the homeless didn't just lose their keys one day. They had substance abuse problems. They had all kinds of mental problems. I mean, so he was a courageous young guy at one point in his life. Now I think he's become risk averse. And so everything is about uh, a kind of puffery. We're the first state in the nation to do this. I mean, you read his press releases. Everything is New York is first, New York is first. It's clearly about setting him up for national office. There's no question about that. He has often said that in the past, that, you know, Albany didn't really interest him. Washington was where the action was. Uh, and so I think there's no question that's what he wants to do. He's, he's in a difficult position uh, because this year he didn't want to do it. He, he, he said he would serve all four years of his term. So at the very least, he's positioning himself for 2024, when presumably if, if Donald Trump wins this year, uh, there would be no incumbent. And so I think that he, he is looking forward to that. But something like this... You know, I think forget the politics. Yes. Decency demands that you end this policy. And, you, you know, I get letters from a lot of the people who lost loved ones in these homes. 
and it is devastating to them. And the governor does not answer them. They write to the governor. They call. He will not return their calls. He will not talk about their emails. But yet he'll talk about his meatball recipe. He'll talk about, you know, <laughs> everything, mother, plus everything yeah, else. That's the other thing. He talks endearingly about his elderly mother and how he wants to protect her and all that. And yet this, but but getting to uh, another issue here, as opposed to President Trump's press conference, the obsequious Albany press corps. I mean, they timidly ask him a question about the nursing home and then they sit back. Why did you uh, they don't ask the question. They don't follow up. They don't interrupt them like they would Trump. Like, why didn't you use the USNS comfort when it was here? Why did why did you let the Javits Center leave when you could be putting those people in that place right there? No question about his March 25th mandate. Has it been rescinded? If not, why not? None of those questions. And the dishonest local news, they don't even cover this stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, they'll show an ambulance pulling up to a nursing home and taking away corpses and all that. Where do they think these corpses are coming from that are stacking up in funeral homes? They're coming from nursing homes, primarily. Uh, I mean, they're not coming from the hospitals. They're coming from the nursing homes. And so when you look at these totals, you would think that more people in Albany would jump on this angle of the story. Uh, but look, the Albany press corps, I have to say, the New York Post reporter, a young woman named Bernadette uh, Hogan. She's the only one. She has been asking these questions. And and I think that the Post is the only paper that's really been... That, that really understands this, that when you, when you get these letters from the families and they say, Governor, would you do this to your mother? Would, would you put your mother in a nursing home? And someone asked him recently, what, if you had someone now, would you put them in a nursing home? And he'd say, no, not now. Well, what about the thousands and tens of thousands of people already there? Yep. I mean, it's really unconscionable what they are doing, and their failure to acknowledge it just doubles the... The, the indecency in my in my estimation. No better way to wrap up this conversation. Well, this there, is, is, there is one. Oh, there's and one. This was this from our, uh, our our leader, Elisa from Long Island. She wonders, uh, uh, Michael Goodwin, where do you get this information from? Where can people go to find out about this mandate, March 25th mandate, so they can actually take action for it? I mean, I don't. You don't want to give away trade secrets, but maybe you can divulge some of that. Well, sure. It's it's um, all, it's on the Department of Health website. Uh, all of the um, all of the nursing homes have it. Uh, in my column today, I print the crucial paragraph, the fifth paragraph. Yes. I call it the killer paragraph. Right. <laughs> you know, so so that is the essence of it. Everything else is kind of boilerplate insider stuff. That's the news of that order. Right. Is that okay. fifth paragraph right there? Okay, listen, you're you're tremendous. It's obvious why you've won all these awards, Michael. We love your columns from the New York Post, and we love when you come on this show. So stay safe and thank you so much, thank pal. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you both. Take care, Mike. Michael Goodwin, right there in New York Post. Check out his column today. Gov plays dumb as seniors die. He's a murderer. That's the bottom line. A murderer. Don't know much about history. Oh, I think of Belushi. This is for you, Sid. I see you did there. I saw that. Listen, uh, I got a note from uh, a nice guy, Robert Shuffler. He's the VP partner, Partnership Development for the NBA and a proud Long Islander like I am as well. He's got a severely disabled son, 16 years old. God bless him. And, uh, you, you know, uh, God bless parents that take care of kids like that. Tough. Anyway, he wants to give us a, he wants us to give a shout out to the caregivers at the Center for Discovery in Harris, New York, 
which is renowned for and the best place for people like his son with complex challenges. Harris, New York? Harris, New York, yeah. It's up by my father in Monticello. Well, there it is. The, wow. The Center for Discovery in Harris, New York, takes care of his severely disabled son, 16 years old, Robert Shupler. God bless him. Uh, God bless him, and uh, thanks to the people at the Center for Discovery in Harris, New York. Let's go right now to Liz, who is in Brooklyn, New York. Good morning, Liz. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Hello, Liz. Good, thank you. Anyway, great show and great guest you just had on. And I, I have, a, I have a sister named Liz, by the way. She's uh, the youngest of the four of us. She lives in Parkland, yeah. Florida. She's a pain in the ass. I'm not a pain in the ass. <laughs> no, you sound like a no, nice you sound lady. lovely. <laughs> Sometimes I am, but whatever, not right now. <laughs> anyway, I, what I wanted to say was that, you know, what, what Michael was saying, one very important fact that I think is not being stressed is that the governor, as a defense for the mistake he made, instead of obviously owning his mistake, is just like bullying everyone. But in, in, instead of owning his mistake, he keeps lying. And he keeps just saying, you know, you could have just called the Department of Health and we would have helped you place them, you know, if you couldn't handle them. But everyone I know, all the facilities I know, because they do run in assisted living, all the facilities I know, including myself, has reached out to the Department of Health when we had residents that we felt were beyond our scope of, of taking care of. And the answer we get was, hey, yeah, I hear that. You could, you know, figure it out. Oh, yeah. You could give them 30-day termination notice, and then after the 30 days, you can start a nine-month eviction process. And, you know, by then, of course, you know, everyone would be uh, dead already. Right. right. Uh, so, so that line is, is just a straight-out lie. And you know, this one, yeah. you said it perfect. I'll let you continue. He, he's a liar, and he tries to bully his way through it. Uh, by, by bullying the, and threatening the nursing homes. And uh, uh, i got to tell you, Michael Goodwin does write that when the nursing homes ask, can we put these people in the Javits Center or the USNS Comfort, mm-hmm. they, say, they said no. They so said no. He, he right. does write that. Yeah. Right, but, but yeah, and further than that, they're, they're not interested in helping. Um, and they've taken it a step further now. We got a notification that now they're going to be investigating all of the sick people that died in the hospital that came from nursing homes. I kind of reverse it and blame the nursing home ah, on the yeah. deaths in the hospitals. He's taking it even a step further, which yeah. is which is really an outrage. Which is just really an well, outrage. Like, where are you supposed to send your sick people? Yeah. Well, listen. You stay safe. Thank you for the work that you do. And you're right. You're not a pin in the ass. And we'll you're, stay. You're all, we'll, so stay all, we'll stay all over this uh, Cuomo. Crap. Yes, we will. We yeah. got you, Liz. Don't worry. We got you. But we're done for today. And uh, Mike Pence is coming up uh, next. Well, yes. not but next, but on the next show with Brian Kilmeade. On the Kilmeade show. You know what yeah. time he's coming on? Uh, between 10 and 12. Thank you, Bernie. Mike uh, Pence with Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, that's when Kilmeade's show starts. All right, there you go. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. We hope you enjoyed the Wednesday edition. Until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. from all of us here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. To all of you, New York, stay safe. Peace! Bernie and Sid in the Morning, streaming live on the 77 WABC app. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC.